Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Steve Forster. I'm Matt Temple. And I'm Matt Croger. So thanks for joining us for another in our plethora of reviews we're doing recently. We're punching them out quickly. And tonight we're doing the forces of the abyss, you know, with two uh, handsome American gentlemen and uh, who are much they are certainly by far and away more uh, experts on forces of this than my than myself so we're gonna i'm gonna be leaning heavily on them this afternoon uh now matt hasn't been on the show before and steve it's been a while so we will do a, a little bit of a background on on you steve we might start with you how are you now good and you not so bad not so bad <laughs> so steve do you want to give us a little bit of a of, of a background on uh your hobby story, and a little bit about like your, your Forces of Abyss story. Sure. So just uh, my my origin story, um, My I started with Warhammer Fantasy 40K back in, I don't know, 2005-ish. I got, a, got out of competitive magic around that time and needed something else to um, eat my disposable income. So I got into that pretty much, you know, just played around with uh with that th- through college and then at around 2012 ish a buddy of mine who owns a local game store uh discovered first edition kings of war and we kind of played it um that i really liked it liked it didn't, didn't really like uh, warhammer eighth edition at that point so we started with kings of war and uh kind of went from there i've been fun playing ever since my history of forces the abyss i picked it up uh probably midway through 2020-ish you know lock you know COVID lockdowns and all that good stuff i really really enjoy the army um really enjoy the kind of the different builds it brings and it's probably become my favorite army out of all of them that i that i play excellent yeah i I kind of agree with you with the different builds it it baffles me that we don't see forces of abyss more because i think you know and hopefully we can portray that tonight i think as a list it's one of the more complete lists honestly um in terms of offering you a variety of of play styles and you know competing in um in every every phase so uh yeah man I, i don't i don't quite get it but you know i agree with that with that um play style thing and what about you matt not been on before what's your uh what's your background for us <laughs> well um so i've been playing different war games pretty much since i was about five years old my father used to play the old avalon hill games so that was something i sort of grew up with picked up uh warhammer fantasy uh sometime around in college and uh played that for a year or two and then pretty much decided yeah i'm not so big of a fan of that uh too many purple suns and crazy spells to wipe out entire armies so looking online and say hey here's a cool game i can use all my same models let's try king's war um still remember that first game my friend charged a unit of elf cab into my skeleton spear horde did not go well for him, man. That was kind of when I got hooked on the game. Like, hey, this is what's supposed to happen when horses charge spears. So, uh, 
it was something that uh, got me hooked about six years ago. I moved to Indianapolis, uh, met Andrew Summers, Kara Brown, Mike Carter, uh, the, the whole crew here in Indy and over in Dayton and um, started playing Kings of War. Um, started with Kingdoms of Men, but uh, as I go to Adepticon every year, I definitely wanted an all-Mantic army. And looking at all the different Mantic armies, it's like, well, that's okay, that's okay. At the time, I thought Forces of the Abyss was the best-looking army. I thought this, well, this is one that looks good. I can really make it work with the color schemes and all of that. Then as I was kind of reading, it's like, oh, okay, I can do a bunch of different things with this. So I thought it allowed me the best opportunity to... Uh, you know, bring a competitive list to Adepticon. Been to three or four of them now with that and haven't done very well, but hey, it's it's fun. So, <laughs> um, and that's kind of how I got into Forces of the Abyss, sort of just looking at, okay, what all Mantic army can I bring? Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, and so at, at this point, we also get a bit of a hobby update. Steve, what have you been up to, mate? Uh, I was I kind of mentioned um, before we recorded this tournament season i've been playing on easy mode i've been playing night stalkers um so as uh the red book dropped i decided to go back to force of the abyss i still like think night stalkers are a really good army um but force of the abyss didn't change so i've been putting lists together trying them out on ub and um one of the things that i've i've had uh um, extra GW Chaos Knights that uh, just been sitting in my pile of shame, so I put them together and started been painting them up to be my second and third regiments of Abyssal Horsemen. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. really what I've been, what's been keeping me busy in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, nice. And yourself, Matt? Um, so I'm uh, hip deep in goblins right now, working on a mm-hmm. uh, all mantic goblin army because I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Partway through that, my uh, five-year-old daughter decided she wanted an army. Mm-hmm. So I am also currently working on a Northern Alliance. Uh, I'm just going to call it the Elsa army because I get a little Anna <laughs> and Elsa and uh, we've been coming up all, all different ways. Okay, well, let's use these models because it kind of looks like the guards from the Disney movie and all that. So it's been fun and, uh, you know, a little uh, passing the hobby on to the next generation. Yeah, nice. That's that's awesome. And so in terms of sourcing models, what do you say? So you're 3D printing them? Did you- A few of them 3D printed. I found, um, I believe it's Hassle-Free Miniatures has not Elsa and not Anna. Um, I forget what they're called, but mm. it's pretty obvious what mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I, this is going to sound weird, a, a local player sold his Orc Army and his Northern Alliance Army, and I picked up the Northern Alliance Army from him. Um, sort of surprisingly it's like oh hey do you want to buy this i'm like yeah sure why not um so i've got a bunch of uh i forget what the name of those models are um but um yeah i've got ended up with a a huge amount of uh different uh, like northmen and uh human-esque looking things so um Mm -hmm. painting them up as uh arendelle guard and seeing what we can do with it (laughs) that's awesome i love that i love that Right, and yeah, well, for myself, I've been still, well, last couple of weeks, not so much actually, but working away on the halflings, looks like I will, I'm on track to be the only only host to complete the hobby challenge <laughs> to get 2,100 points done by Christmas. Um, I think I'm on track, I'm at about, oh, I'm working on probably the 1,700th points at the moment, um, but there's a whole bunch of characters that will boost me up pretty nicely after that. So um, I'm pretty much all 
I'm all the way through the original Mega Army pretty much and plus some. And um, I have my, as is often mentioned, the uh, the child labour I source is putting together another army box for me as well as I got partway through some aeronauts and spat the dummy and so I sent those over as well. <laughs> And a bunch of uh, bunch of characters. The the aeronauts are just so Those bad. Those aeronauts are. I, I have yeah. several of them, and they're daunting. I'm yeah, just yeah. From having to clean them and wash them, and yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm and then green them. stuff where the balloon yeah. bits like yeah. fit together. Yeah, it's it's just, just yeah. In the end, I went. Well, you know what? If I'm going to pay someone, you know, I'm just going to pay someone to do this because otherwise, I'm going to you know, rage out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's what i that's what i'm doing and i'll tell you what i went to i ran a little eight person tournament on the weekend and just some of my other mommies are so knocked around they just need a bit of bit of love and a bit of work on so i'm gonna have to do that with my with my dwarves and things uh soon yeah so let's crack into the show's main topic, which is the Forces of Abyss review. And so, Matt, we're going to give you get you to get us a little bit of a, the background or the the fluff and give us an understanding of the Forces of the Abyss. And this ties into a uh, a question. Well, one of the three hundred thousand questions from Chris Thomas in in Germany that he he posted, you know, within seconds of it uh, being being up, is the Forces of the Abyss its own thing or is it just a rip-off of other things? Can you please walk us through the law? So, Matt, if, if you give us an overview and, Steve, feel free to chime in if you wish sure. uh, and we'll we'll see where we end up. Sure. So um, Forces of the Abyss were created uh, originally by Oskin during the God Wars, so when the uh, uh, Shining Ones got split in half and you got the the evil and the good sides battling it out in Panathor. Uh, the Abyss and the Abyssals were the first group to get uh, created, at least uh, kind of what it implies. Possibly orcs, but pretty sure it's uh, forces of the Abyss. Um, after the God Wars ended and they were banished, you could say, into the pit. I don't I'm trying to remember the name of it now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, um, I think the pit's right. Yep. But uh, mm-hmm. into the abyss, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, once there, they started um, basically attempting to break out and go from there. So is it its own thing? Is it a ripoff of others? Uh, I mean, there's different levels of the abyss, and you could kind of go with Dante's Inferno and all of that kind of stuff. But from what I've read, especially in the uh, in the book, it, they very much have their own feel. It's something that uh, the forces of the abyss know what they are, and they're different, um, and and they've got kind of a unique feel to them. At least I think. Yeah, there's. Uh, um, it's when I read it, it's very Allegarian, where we have different levels of the abyss, and each of the levels reside some, you know, one of the many denizens of the abyss so like the lower abyssals are like the highest level and of course the the wicked ones are all the way at the bottom like you know if you've ever read or you know any idea about um allegory's you know um epic poem you know the devil's supposed to be at the very center of hell and that's where all of the uh the wicked ones are um and it also if you mean if you i i read a lot of the uh, the GW chaos because I mean obviously you look at the army you think okay this is Mantic's response to the chaos demons and there is some kind of parallels there too where 
you know, you have different, uh, different kinds of like different planes that kind of mimic the different chaos gods as well. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, there's only so many, I mean, demons are demons. I mean, there's only so many ways you can think of them. They're, you know, they're evil incarnate. They're, you know, but with in Panathor, the, uh, the, the abyss is a physical thing. It's like almost like a kind of Greek mythology with the underworld. Like, a, you know, you can go to the underworld in Greek mythology. That's kind of like, you know, you can go to the abyss and, uh, mm. and Panathor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe from a, fl- a fluff point of view or the background point of view, there might be some um, parallels there. But I, I don't think it's one of those armies that had, you know, it, it wasn't a completely natural, like, take your Warhammer army and, and put it into this, was it? You know, so I think from a, a list-building point of view, it's it's not so much of a, in inverted commas, rip-off as, as some of the other Uncharted Empire armies right. were. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, you know, base, what are your motivations for playing for the army, uh, paying, paying, playing the army? You know, why, why should people play Forces of the Abyss? Matt, let's kick off with you. Forces of the Abyss to me is one of the best balanced armies. There is not a single unit I look at and go, oh, man, that is so overpowered or, man, that is so terrible. Like, they're, everything's kind of in the middle. It, it can sway one way or sway the other. Because of that, you can do almost any kind of list you want. If you want a fast uh, uh, first strike army, you can do that. You want a shooting army, you can do that. You want a, a grindy army, you can do that. So it gives players lots and lots of options, lots of different play styles within one army. Whereas you know other armies, maybe that's not going to work so well. Yeah, I, I, like what Matt said, the there's not a there's not a you know C level selection in the army. There's a lot of as we'll get to. There's a lot of just super value units, which you can you know, but they're not like soul player level brokenness. Like yeah, I need to take six of these. They're just super super points efficient for what they do, but not to the part point where your you know your opponents like rolling their eyes. Uh, about playing against them and just to build on that i the the aesthetic you can go for i mean mantic has a very robust line um it's one of their i mean now older lines because it was kind of released along with second edition so it's about six or seven years old but you can do you know there's so many different aesthetics you can go for you don't just have to go for like red devils in a in a a lava pit although that's that does look cool but you can do a whole lot of different things with them um and they're demons so you don't you know you're not painting a lot of you're not painting a lot of flesh your flesh Mm. can be neon yellow like mine are yeah yeah don't even necessarily have to give them proper eyeballs so you know there's there's a win (laughs) yeah and um it's also one of their more complete lines isn't it really yeah you know, it's 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 reasonably fleshed out, and I think, I, I mean, my experience of the Abyss line has been pretty good model quality. Obviously, the um the Molochs for quite a while were metal, which was a bit of a pain in the proverbial, but they're now released in resin. So, yeah. and I, I think they stand up okay. They're, yeah, they're the forces Mol- of the mean, Abyss models. Yeah. As as we'll get to, the the Molochs are a little bit small for to be in a monstrous infantry. 
I mean, they're more along the lines of, you know, ogre size models, but they're, they're cool. Um, mm. Especially in resin. Cause they're, you know, I have a bunch of them that would resin They're They're really nice. Um, some of the yeah. resin stuff that they came out with Vanguards are very good. Um, but again, some of the 2017 ish um, releases show, show how much Mantic, how for far Mantic has come with like their multi-part plastics. Yeah, I certainly think um, around that time, scale consistency was a bit of an issue across yeah. a number of ranges. Yeah. So you know that doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all. And, and you know that as as you say, they've certainly improved in in that account. Sorry, in that regard. So I mean, for yourselves, but also for others in terms of what you've seen, do you feel like there's different ways you could represent the law and how you build your army and how you model it? Yeah, I mean, if you go into the actual lore and be like, okay, this is the the first circle where the lower abyssals are, and this, you know, you can have a, you could go like almost level by level and be like, all right, my arch fiends are from the fourth level, and the fourth level looks like this, and you have an entirely different basing, and you, know, you tie it together with like maybe the display board, but you know, your your grunts, your ghouls, and your lower abyssals are all like the the first level, but your Know, your your arch fiends and all that stuff are are you know, lower down. So yeah, you know, there's a lot of cool different ways you can think about doing just tying together with basing the different different levels of the abyss. In the Edge of the Abyss uh, compilation, that that set of uh, short stories that came out, and then uh, Footsteps to Deliverance, uh, which by the way, if anybody hasn't read that, you should. Both very good uh, uh, fluff pieces there. Both of those. When the abyssals are interacting, talk about the rivalries within the abyss. So, like, it's not everybody's all one army. There are this faction and that faction, and you know they're fighting each other as much as they're trying to get out and fight others. So, I think uh, there's a ton of different ways you could use that and present it. Uh, my my uh, abyssal army is purple with uh, green magic flame. So that kind of, that's my group that's, you know, fighting the other groups and uh, you know, maybe, maybe they're yellow, maybe they're red um, again, all sorts of different things I think you can do to show. Yeah. This isn't just again, red guys, lava bases, again, nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. But uh, there's a lot of different things you can do to kind of show, yeah, this is my army and this is unique. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's the thing about fantasy, right, is that even if you have some lore, you know, the, the main thing about fantasy is using your imagination, right? There's there's no reason that hell has to be, as you say, Steve, you know, dark reds and oranges and, and yellows. Like, sure, great if you want to be. It could be the colours of lollipops if you really wanted, you know, particularly if you hate those bright colours. Yeah. <laughs> it might be your idea of hell. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we'll take a very quick break and then we're going to get back into the army review proper. I'm Ronnie from Mantic Games and you're listening to Counter Charge. And welcome back. And so uh, first up, before we get into the, um, before we get into the, you know, the um, list itself, what a question from Felix. So uh, Felix's opinion is that the forces of the abyss seem to struggle to find their own play style early on in third. And so, what is their style of play now, and why should people play them in a world of greater air elementals and glade stalkers? Steve, let's start with you. Um, yeah, but like we said at the, the top, the, the there's not like the one play style. There's a lot of good play styles, and 
you know, with Forces of the Abyss, how they compare to the perceived meta. I mean, the the, the red, big red book meta of, you know, Glade Stalkers and Greater Air Elementals and Glade Walker Druids and all that nonsense. I mean, you, we have uh, access to a lot of fast individuals. I mean, we have two very good um, here, you know, speed 10 flying heroes in the actually three if you count the the special characters with the seductress and the abyssal champion and matabusu so you've got some you have the tools available to take you know to go hunt down casters and to go punch greater air elementals and you can do uh, you know it's a it's a weird way you could do grind but like defense four and three grind like it's not mm-hmm. entirely defense six but you know you could put not 10 wounds in a Moloch horde, and you know, you come in here during your turn, all of them fall, fall off for, mm. for from either you know, Cronius and Regen and the uh, Well of Souls. So, there's different ways you can do it. So, I, that could be the perception is that they don't have a quote identity, but their identity is that they're they could do a lot of different things really well. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And again, uh, Felix always asks the tough questions. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would say. Nobody has found, at least uh, that I'm aware of, a particular build or a particular play style that's going to go and win all the tournaments. Uh, of course, John Green winning at Lone Wolf. I'm not going to say, you know, Lone Wolf is sort of a weird tournament with all the different special rules and all that. Right. Forces of the Abyss are kind of perfect for that because you can do a little bit of everything. And it's kind of uh, the perfect tournament for Forces of the Abyss. You can do. As I mentioned, you know, shooting, you can do fast. You can do uh, pretty much anything you want. How well you can do it compared to some of the others, that's more of a question. I think that's where uh, Abyssal players are still trying to fine-tune and figure out, okay, what exactly is the uh, the winning, quote-unquote, uh, build? Um, I would say, though, it's a lot better now than it was when third came out and we were all scrambling after yet another major change. Yeah, and look, I think with a, a specific reference to the, the the current Greater Elemental and Glade Stalker meta is I think uh, it's a little bit shorter range, but the counter shooting that they bring is pretty good. You know, if you choose to have that in a bit of a list, like piercing shooting is is pretty nice, yeah? And yeah, um, the, way, the way you kill Glade Stalkers is that they're defense three and you can shoot them back. Yeah, yeah. You punch them with a with a, a flying individual or you know you have the you have the wound mitigation um it's just the problem is that you're defense four or yeah three. yeah yeah but uh, but i think it like at a face value they have some reasonable counters to that meta you know right. it, it but but you know as you say matt because it's got and steve you know because they've got such a broad range of builds the question is is that the build that you've brought so, <laughs> yeah. As moving on, the abyss is obviously alignment evil in the three alignment, you know, uh, categories that uh, Mantic has. Chris Thomas says, "Do forces of the abyss think of themselves as, as the bad guys?" <laughs> that's a that's a bit of a uh, uh, that, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Does anyone ever think of themselves as the bad guys? So, uh, what do you guys reckon? I mean, if you think of the lore of the, of the you know shining ones or whatever the the gods being ripped in two you have the they literally call them the shining ones and the wicked ones and mm. you know we are the wicked ones so mm. i that is that bad propaganda are they misunderstood 
I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, are they doing objectively evil things? I mean, Basalia is a good aligned thing, you know, good aligned, but they're, you know, mm. they're very, uh, they're, they're almost fascist in the way that they, mm. you know, but their proximity to their gods make them good. I mean, now, is Gollop good? If you talk to the three dwarves, no. I would definitely say uh, forces of the abyss do not consider themselves to be the bad guys. Uh, again, going back to the uh, Steps of Deliverance book, where I'm drawing a lot of this uh, uh, fluff info, as they're talking to one of the uh, main characters, they're talking about, hey, we're the, we're the group that comes in and we're the punishment. We're divine punishment for all of the sins that Basilia is uh, committing and, you know, look at how terrible they are. We're the ones who come in. Now, are they, do they really believe that? Or is that just what they're saying? Not sure. But again, I would like to think they think, you know, well, you, we, we've got the gods. That was one half where the other half were equal. So we're okay. Um, again, just kind yeah. of a weird thought on that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I reckon you know, Chris is probably just struggling with something within himself there. You know, <laughs> yeah, doesn't know yeah, whether to think of himself as a bad guy or a good guy. If they're doing objectively <laughs> evil things like you know kicking puppies, and yeah, yeah, sure they're evil, but you know, <laughs> we don't have that. We don't we don't have that in the lore. You know, they're they're we don't see lower abyssals kicking puppies. <laughs> uh, and so the force of the abyss, they do have an army special upgrade, which is the sacrificial limp. So once per game, before the unit rolls for regeneration, you can choose to re-roll any of its failed regen dice. The unit's sacrificial imp is then destroyed and cannot be used again for the remainder of the game. And tied to this is a question from John Green Jr., which is, when is it smart to buy a sacrificial imp? Is it in hordes or are there other qualifiers? So I, I almost never buy the sacrificial imp. Um I find that my guys either survive or they die, one of the two, uh, when being shot or anything like that. And I don't always get to use it. Um, I would say if you've got a unit that you want to stick around, if you're running uh, maybe Molochs or uh, some unit you really want to keep them alive, then it's worth it. For the vast majority of the time, I personally don't think it's really worth it. Yeah, I, I've never, never used them either. Um, the fact that you have to declare it before you roll is the, the issue because the timing there is you, all right, I've got 10 wounds on me or, you know, I, I declare it before I roll. So I roll really good. I get eight out of 10 back. Well, maybe I wanted to save it at that point. I'm not going to reroll, but if I, you know, so there, and typically from what I've seen is that you're, they're either 10 or 15 points for, you know, reg troops, or, or regiments and hordes, so the, the hordes are taking 15 points. I can maybe see it on Molochs, but uh, I'd rather spend the point somewhere else. And, I, and other than the... I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know the Lower Abyssals can take them. I know the Molochs can take them. If you can... The Abyssal Horsemen can't take them. If I could get them on the Abyssal Horsemen, I think that'd be a really good buy, honestly. Because the Abyssal mm. Horsemen talk about are kind of low on the nerve side um but other than that i don't i don't know very many units that can take them and they're uh, i'd rather spend points on something else yeah i think the other qualifier for me other than hordes would be but it kind of goes with hordes is anything that has that higher nerve or potentially fearless right 
Um, but like you say, Steve, you're probably going to want to roll it when your wounds are quite high anyway. So for that reason, I can see it being being valuable. But by the by the same token as what you said, that that ten to fifteen points per unit is probably a touch too expensive for a once per game thing. You know, if it was five to ten points, absolutely, yeah, if, could if, see if myself was, considering it. If there were, if it was like a scream chart, like a five point thing, or mm. I might consider it, but. Or if it was, I I'd, I would spend ten points or fifteen points if it came with the abyssal horseman. But yeah, and I think, and perhaps if you were going for that more grindy build too, right? But right. it's it's still it's still a lot of points, and potentially you could get some other items that help you grind better anyway. Right. I mean, yeah. when you have comparatively to other army wide special rules like Indomitable Will, it's mm. kind of pales in comparison. Yeah, and I'm going to be, you know, I'll do an episode on this recently about, you know, how well do armies do their flavor and their fluff. And I think it, it's it's one of those things, right, is that I, th- I think at face value, it's a, it's a great rule, but, you know, is it prevalent in the right areas and is it like, is it accessible enough? Is it accessible enough to make it really reflect that, you know, regenerating ability of the, of the abyssals? Right, and like I said, I mean, we do, there are as we'll talk about several units in the army that do, do have regeneration, but like I said, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I don't think the only, um, the only units that could take them, like we said, are the lower abyssals and the, um, and the, the Moloch. We've got the, uh, there's on a few more. There's the abyssal guard, um, oh, so right. they're fearless. Yeah, so you might you might consider on on them. But then I just noticed the other ones are things like flame bearers, and I don't think you'd bother because they're more likely to be dead if they've been charged. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. With the low on it, I wouldn't. I... Mm. Yeah. So there's a few, but it's 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 not too dissimilar to some of the other um, the rules. I think not just not quite prevalent enough. Yeah. And, and I would love probably in the future to see armies go back to more of an army wide special rule rather than the special upgrades or, or decent upgrades that are like just more prevalent across the whole army. Right. I mean, yeah. Mm. Uh, Indomitable will is, you know, we have that on the very high, very high end. And then we've got things like, uh, whatever the poison frogs and, yeah, yeah. Well, the th- and the thing about the Indomitable Will Ride is that it is almost available on every single unit, yeah. almost. Yeah. Well, let's get into the unit by unit. Uh, Matt, do you want to take us through the lower abyssals? And then when you have, we've got a question from uh, uh, John Paul Fuller Jackson that I'll get you to read out as well. All right. Sounds good. So lower abyssals, these are speed five, melee four, defense four. They come in troop, regiment, and horde. Uh, 911 nerve 1315 2022 75 115 190. Uh, they have fury and regen five plus. They do have the option to exchange shields for two handed weapons, lowers defense to a three plus, and gains crushing strength one uh, for free. Now, um, they also have the ability to take the sacrificial imp that we were just talking about. Five points for the troop, 10 points for the regiment, or 15 points for the horde. And, uh, looks like the question, lower abyssals, what can I do with them? I want a cheap anvil, I go ghouls. I want unlocking, I go ghouls. What would make them better to take? So kind of my thought on that is the only reason to take these are if you're planning to do a grindy list uh, and you want that regen. So maybe uh, take a horde of those, you get the region in there, um, and then that can help with that grindy. Other than that, 
yeah, ghouls are probably better. We'll talk to the about those later. <laughs> yeah, I, I well, I've taken them. I take them in hordes, and I always give them the the, the crushing upgrade because you know typically the stuff that they're, they're going to go up against are is already you know going to be wounding them on two. So why not give them the crushing one upgrade? So you can't. I mean when they're you know, 25 attacks on fours with crush one and you have easy access to main chant, they can put out some hurt and you know, they can go a little bit longer with the regen. It depends what you you know, as a kind of like a center line, I used to run them when I was doing a more infantry build, I would just run them as like, you know, kind of anchor my anchor, my line. But yeah, the, if you're looking for just unlocks or just uh, bodies, the, ghouls are probably the the way to go but i i think there's still a, a place for the the lower abyssals um but i would only take them in hordes yeah kind of like we, uh, I, I kind of agree with that i think with with the hordes you're looking for that like it's no more of a tar pit than the ghouls right okay but that ability on the horde to get the cs1 in, on fours is probably something um, which you can't get on the abyssal ghouls without um, buying an item, but yet yeah, comparatively, when you look at them on the page, you, you you probably say that in in most builds, you know your your, your ghouls are probably a little bit more flexible to work with. And then the abyssal guard, Steve. All right, so the abyssal guard. Um, these are kind of like more of the elite troops. Um, it's again, speed five, but we're going up to melee three, defense five plus. We have a troop and a regiment, uh, unit strength 1 and 3, attacks 10 and 12. Um, nerve for the troop is dash 12, for the regiment is dash 16, 105 and 160. Um, they have regen 5+. plus. Uh, they can exchange uh, shields to get crushing strength 1 and defense 4 for uh, free. And then they have a sacrificial imp for 5 or 10 points. They're, you know, with the Abyssal Guard, I've... When I first started playing the Force of the Abyss, I would take you know three, two to three regiments of them. Um, they there's a they're really hard to move with being defense five and you know the the dash sixteen dash sixteen with the regen. So they're they can stick around and take a lot of punishment. You could, they're kind of analogous to almost um, like foot guard uh, or um, the iron guard from dwarves. Just you know unit strength three in a really tight package. Um, I, I don't know. They're, the offensive output is kind of lacking. I, I don't think that if you're if you're taking them, you're taking them for the defense five, and I wouldn't bother giving them the, the crushing strength. Yeah, this is a, a unit I don't use too often. Is uh, well, Mantic doesn't really make the models. You can figure out how to do them, but uh, yeah, just as you said, it's okay. Attacks not great and dropping from defense five down to defense four i've already got a bunch of defense four so i want to keep the five but then i don't get the crushing so it's kind of one of those units it's like it's not bad but i just don't really have a place for that in most of my builds Mm. yeah and like i sit with you guys i think you're taking them for the resilience right i I can't see why i would ever drop their defense to give them crushing i'd consider the imp on this you know, to go to 170 points, um, yeah. make them that little bit more resilient. Um, at 10 points, it's not not too big a deal. Um, but and because of that, fearless 16. Uh, like you say, Steve, I think they're they're there to kind of just be about like uh, the wall that the enemy batters against, right? But by the same token, you're still 
like dash 16 isn't you know i I look at that and i go you know dash 17 it'd be better you know and and it's only one (laughs) it's only one number dash 17 like there's a lot there's a lot of these kind of like b tier units and i'm like man i really like these i really want to like these but one other are making me not take them yeah, I reckon if you went dash 17, you know, even if that went to 170 for that, 165, 170, I think I'd be looking at them more. I don't know what it is about it, but that dash 17, and it seems to equate more to some other units of a similar type. Yeah, but yeah, so I think, you know, I, I could see myself taking them. But yeah, I think as as we move on, there are there are other options you're probably looking at for cheaper, depending on your play style. And so speaking of different options, we're on to Succubi, which is speed 6, melee 3, defense 3, coming in a troop in a regiment, unit strength 1 and 3, attacks 15 and 20, nerve 10, 12 and 14, 16 at 105 and 165 points. They have Ensnare, Fury and Stealthy, uh, and you can upgrade them with a Succubi Lurker gaining Pathfinder for 15 and 20 points. Um, John Paul again asked, why does Succubi never t- seem to turn up in competitive lists? Do they just cost too much? I mean, honestly, so, I mean, they, they obviously lack crushing strength, uh, which, you know, when you're a berserker unit, if you get berserker units plus crushing strength, they're, they're more money. But but I, I also think, I don't think a lot of people enjoy playing with berserker-style units across across armies, and I think because you have to protect them until they're being used, whereas I, I, I look at the succubi and go, you know what, that, that, that could be a really good unit depending on your play style. But I think for most people the they they don't tend to go for that i mean i think ensnare in some ways is a little bit wasted because you're probably not having them on the front line so you're paying for ensnare you know when you i I would tend to use these guys in a second wave probably but you could give them pathfinder and then be benefiting from hindered and ensnare so i I mean as to why they're not seen I, i personally don't think you can I, I can answer that because the combination with stealthy two is is pretty good what do you guys think um, I've granted this was also pre clash of last year, so this was still like Green Book third edition. Uh, I, I one of my one of the lists that I really like playing. I took two regiments of Succubi, and they were really um, the real like melee, melee threat that I took. Um, I think the making them go up to the um, one eighty five for Pathfinders is pretty standard, and I would usually run two regiments: one with uh, Hammer or Measure Force and one with Brewer Strength. So they could very, you know, they're, you have, you do have to support them. So you either mm. support them with like um, Tortured Soul Regiments or Gargoyles. But yeah, as like a second line, as they're going into something that is already softened up by shooting or, you know, getting punched by some, you know, something else. Um, yeah, I think they're still, they're still pretty good. Like uh, there, there are other as like a like you said as like a second line threat. They're also you know they're unit strength three if nothing else, and there mm. are some really cool kind of tricks you can run. Like you know they're backed up with by a warlock with bark skin. Oh. Well, you got and, or, and and also you got pretty good act. You, like you don't have bad access to bane chant in the yeah, battles, right? Yeah. So you mm. get bane, bane chant for twenty points on a warlock, and you know mm. if you if you were so inclined, you could take bane chant on the on the seductress but um mm-hmm. yeah there's yeah, there there are i there are a more when you know with melee hammers in the army there are more straightforward ones like you know Moloch's and abyssal horsemen these take a little bit more these are a scalpel more than a than a hammer 
Mm. And if you use them correctly, you can really, you know, they can really do some hurt, but it just takes a little bit of practice. I would say this is one of those units that you've got to be very careful when you use it. You know, oh, I'm going to bring a, a Bane Channer and I'm going to put, um, you know, Crushing Strength 1 and I'm going to bring somebody for Bark Skin and I'm going to put on, you know, the 20 points so they have Pathfinder. And then before you know it, you're like, wait, why am I running you know, 300 some odd points for this one unit. So it's one of those things you got to be very careful with. And I think a lot of players probably, uh, you know, try and do one thing with them. It's like, oh, well, I'll try and support them with all this other stuff. And it can be too much. Again, they're great for just sheer number of attacks. So uh, if you can get them into combat, awesome. Uh, just kind of be careful how you support them because it's really easy to go a little crazy with it. Yeah. Well, I think another point I would make is based on play style and with the changes to charging, I'd, I'd be inclined because where their real money is, is their melee three, right? Yeah. So even if you are hindered, you're still melee four, which if you're in the flank, you're still, you know, getting around 20 hits, right? And so, and I think with the changes to charging, if you are running them as that second line and combining with the fact that abyssals do have a good front line that people are unlikely to break in one go, that you can you could really see and you don't have to be quite as sensible with your positioning as you used to be with the charges changes to charging so things will slide to accommodate you if you've positioned them at least well enough to be in a different arc so i i think there's a chance we might see a bit more of them for that reason yeah and, and built-in stealth is nice well yeah and like the, the, yeah if we go back the, to the current meta thing yeah the built-in stealthy and and uh, and snare are nice because um, you know the the other the hammers that you're likely to see going from um, threes to fours is is huge. And then they also have, they also have fury. So you know if you're not breaking them, they're going to punch back. Yeah, yeah, yep. So I think I think with those changes, I see an argument for even not upgrading them with Pathfinder and yeah, take three instead of two. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, I, I've again, this was beginning of third edition. Um, uh, Alex Chavez and I were talking about it, and he he would run one with just without it with a regiment without the Pathfinder, basically to be almost chaff, almost like yeah, you're gonna have to deal with this. It's gonna be really hard for you to just to to break them, and by the time that if you don't break them, then you're getting you know you're getting punched in the sides and flanked and all that good stuff. Well, and if you are running second line, I think Berserker style units are one of the few infantry units in a game that you really get value out of the troop value out of the troop yeah. size, you know, and, and if we're talking here, we're talking 105 points for 15 attacks on threes. So as long as you can protect them to get, be that second wave, you can get, you can pack a lot of heat out of some small troops, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, Matt, we'll move on to the Abyssal Ghouls. And uh, Steve Hildrew asks about them. Why are Abyssal Ghouls so stupidly cheap? Oh, that is a fantastic question. Uh, so Abyssal Ghouls, Speed 5, Melee 5, Defense 4, come in Troop Regiment Hordes, Unit Strength 1, 2, and 3, 10, 12 Nerve, 14, 16 Nerve, 21, 23 Nerve, and the parts that gets everybody excited, 65 points for the Troop, 90 points for the Regiment, and 150 for the Horde, and they come with Fury. If you are looking for cheap unlocks, this is the unit. Uh, they are surprisingly resilient and again cheap unlocks so kind of nice the thing that puts them that just really shines at for 90 points you're getting a defense for block and that has 14 16 nerve and fury so basically you're you're 
you know, your goblin rabble or your halfling braves, your output's the same, but you're two you're two better nerf with fury. Mm. Fifteen extra points. I mean, if you're going to it again, I also play goblins. So goblin rabble or, or seventy five points for that same, pretty much the same uh, stat line, except for fifteen extra points. I get fury and plus two nerve. So like it's it's. Yeah, and I I've even been uh, building lists with the troops because for sixty five points they're they're great I think mm-hmm. but um but yeah just if you're looking for unlocks you can't go to, you can't spend any better ninety points than you know a regiment of ghouls and particularly when you've got so many tasty characters and monsters in the abyss right you really yeah. want those you really want those outlook. Um, unlocks as to why they're so cheap. I'm sorry, Steve, I can't answer your question. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a it's a little bit of a mystery. They're they're obviously a better tar pit than their counterparts within the list at defense four and still having great nerve. So they don't really seem to pay a penalty. So you know it might be something that someone needs to take you know six hordes of them or something, and <laughs> then they'll get nerfed. I don't know. <laughs> Sucky by lave, Steve, and All we've right. got a quick question from Chase Thompson on. How viable are they backed up by Molochs? Okay, so Succubi Larvae, they're a, an irregular unit. So um, here we are, speed 5, melee 6 plus, um, uh, defense 4 plus. Um, they're coming in at a horde and a legion. Um, and they have, the specials are in snare. The, the horde's coming in at unit strike 3 with 25 attacks, uh, dash 21 nerve for 150 points. The Legion is unit strength four or 30 attacks, dash 27 at 215. And they, like I said, they have ensnare. I have never taken Succubi Larvae. I, I mean, this is the kind of like the epitome of an anvil unit where they're, you know, their offensive output is next to nothing because they're on sixes, but it's a buttload, it's a boatload of fearless nerve with, you know, within snares. So it's going to take a lot to get through it. I like I said, I've never taken them just because other things. If you're looking for just you know block a nerve, other things are just better in the list, and not unlockings is also a thing. So I've I've never. Um, I love this unit. I, I'm probably one of the only abyssal players that actually does, and um, for 150 points, 21 nerve in snare. Yeah, I might hit twice i mean that's terrible offensive output but i can park this in a woods and it doesn't really matter what you throw at it you can throw two hordes of whatever it's going to survive um i did the um using the the math hammer thing on uh, the new app i think uh, a horde of orcs coming in straight on you know 30 attacks crush two hitting on threes you have a 91 percent chance of holding so they've only got like a 9% chance of actually killing that unit. Um, it is fantastic for, I want to put it right here. I don't want you killing this. Or, hey, you're going to have to throw in two or three units at it. And when that happens, that gives me opportunities to hit other things. So um, it's definitely, though, you <laughs> not a unit you want to take too many of. I would say definitely no more than two, probably no more than one, uh, just because... That's a lot of points that don't do any sort of offense, but it is fantastic for I'm going to hold this area and you're not killing it. 
Yeah, I don't mind the idea of them like you, Matt. I guess my, my main thing would be, particularly if you're playing 2,000 points or under, is do they do they occupy, you know, while they're only 150 for the Horde, do they, and um, they don't unlock. So, you know, is it is it using too many points and, and wasting some space that you might want to be using for unlocks? Um, I think they probably certainly get better as the points level goes up. All right, and so then the last on the regular 2020 infantry are the Oath Breakers. Uh, so they were added in, I think, in the last Clash of Kings book. Yeah, they're in Clash of yep. Kings too. Mm. Yep, so the Oath Breakers. So they have speed five, melee three, defense four, only come in a regiment. They're a living legend unit. Unit strength three, 12 attacks, dash 17 for 175 points. Crushing one, rallying one, infantry only, regen five plus, and vicious against in melee against heroes only, which is interesting, you know, and probably very rarely going to be used. I guess, you know, used if someone's trying to hold you up with a mighty character. I like the idea of the rallying, particularly on a regening list, but at 175 points, you know, and with only crushing one, I probably don't see myself ever taking these guys. Yeah, I've I've been trying them out for... Because I, I, as we'll get to the the formation, I like the idea of the formation. So I, yeah, with an infantry build, it's really cool. Um, especially when you're, you know, you're, um, they're making your ghoul regiments fifteen seventeen, which is just really funny. And also, mm-hmm. you know, really, so helping to support succubi, especially because succubi then go up to fifteen seventeen. Like this, this is the it, like if regular abyssal guard were this points level with 175 like we were talking about the, the dash 17 that'd be really cool mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it if you're like i said I, i've been trying to make them work in a in an infantry build but they're usually just kind of hanging out in the back you know just su- being a support piece because well, not- what you're saying there is that you're you're essentially taking them for the rally one right exactly yeah, yeah. Th- for, for no so. other reason that they're making mm-hmm. you know they're bringing the abyssal, you know, the the horde of, of lower abyssals up to a better nerve. They're making your succubi stick around a little bit longer. But yeah, I've never, I'm not taking them for really anything else. Yeah, you agree with that, Matt? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's again, it's fine. It's not a bad unit at all. But just quite a few points, not a lot of attacks. Again, um, and it's not being defense five to me. That's that's the big difference between them and the abyssal guard is you know their defense four we have lots of defense four so is the rally one worth it um if i'm going to run a grind list yeah sure um you know with lots of infantry if i'm running some other type of list probably not Mm. i think what i'd like to say is not dissimilar what you said steve is ditch this unit make the abyssal guard profile not dissimilar and give them a, a, a once-off aura upgrade that you can do for the rail, rallying. So they're like the elite infantry, yeah. not unlike the paladin foot guard, but just with a different order. Um, or you know, honestly, take a, give them take away the because you look at like longhorns and the herd list. Longhorns have rally just for herd. Make them don't make them regular. Don't make them uh, keep the same sort of. Give them a troop option. Mm-hmm. And make them kind of analogous to to Longhorns, where you can have uh, I don't know. I, I think that would probably be too good. Now I'm kind of really thinking about it, having access across your lines of you know troops of of these mm-hmm. guys to where they can you know, you can spread rally to for 
So yeah, that, that's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there was meant to be this, um, you know, this fluff overlay between these guys and the ones that are in Brother Elmer. Mark. Yeah, yeah. Mark. you know, but for mine, neither of the units really worked that well, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got the only heavy infantry in the lift, so uh, list, so on the 25s by 25s. Matt, do you want to take us through the gargoyles? All right, gargoyles. So speed at 10, melee 4, defense 3. These come only in troops. Unit strength 1, 10 attacks, uh, 8, 10 nerve, 85 points with fly, nimble, and regen 4 up. One of the few units in the abyssal list that does not have fury one of the best chaff units out there. These guys can move and get where you want them. Yeah, I mean, gargoyles are in uh, you know a bunch of other lists. You know, they're in um, they're in Twilight Kin, they're in Abyssal Dwarves. Um, but yeah, they're they're great chaff. I mean, they're they're fast, nimble. Um, they don't necessarily have to go die. They can go. You can hold them back and be like, you know, I'm gonna go get this. Go contest this objective in the bottom of six or bottom of seven, and uh, we'll get to a little bit later. They're they're good um, sacrifices for one of the special characters. Mm. Uh, well, you make a great point. I mean, the the their real benefit is in their flexibility, right? They don't have to be chaff, right? You take enough of them, you know, you can have for eighty five points. You can have some unit strength in the backfield that can bugger off wherever you need it, you know. And moving twenty inches, it's just um. You know, I think their their money. I think over the years they've had to be balanced a little bit. Like their nerve used to be a bit higher and things, yeah. so they've been brought down a pip. So they they do die pretty easily. But at the same time, you know, the amount of times I've played against these guys, and you think you're just going to wipe them in one, and then they just hold, and then they regen. Yeah. Yeah, there's, been, there's been plenty of times where I've played against gargoyles. Like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lightning bolt this turn one and just take yeah take off this chapter in one and then mm. i roll low i don't route them or i just waver them they're just like all right cool i'm gonna you know move them back or or, or hide them they're gonna regen and then they just never die yeah you know, i think in your head you think of it as a certainty right that you're going to take yeah, it off I'm and it's just off. I, I need yeah. to do one i do two wounds i you know i take them off on an eight or i do three wounds take them, you know no, never happens that way mm. and steve the uh monstrous infantry so the molochs okay so molochs um, like Matt said, they are monstrous infantry. Uh, they're speed six, melee three plus, defense four. Um, they can come in a regiment in a horde size. The regiment is unit you know, strength two, nine attacks, 13, 15 nerve for 135. The horde is unit you know, strength three, 18 attacks, 16, 18 nerve for 225. Um, we're getting crushing strength two, fury, regen five plus. We can get a despoiler champion. For fifteen or fifteen points for the regiment, twenty points for the horde, and the despoiler champion gives them vicious melee and brutal, and then they can take the sacrificial imp for ten or fifteen points. So um, I love Molochs. Uh, they're they're great. Yeah, they're the, I think they're the best pure hammer unit in the army. Um, they're a little slow, but you have plenty of units to support them with tortured souls or or you know, ghoul regiments or um, gargoyles, and they, I, I always give them the uh, despoiler upgrade. Um, now that I typically won't even bother giving them items because I, you know, the despoiler upgrades making them that much better. Uh, but yeah, they, they can do, they can put out a, a lot of hurt on a lot of stuff. 
and you're getting vicious and brutal with them. They're they're pretty high nerve for what they are. I mean, you know, 16, 18 nerve, but they have yeah, you know, with Fury, you yeah, you know, if you're in combat, you gotta get that 18, which is kind of difficult for a lot of a lot of other hammer type units. So they can stick around. They are vulnerable to shooting, which is their real drawback, and the base size. You really have to get used to that 150 by 100 base size for for a horde. Um, I've never tried the regiments, but yeah, it's the, the I think the hordes where it's at just as a as a good just can opener type unit. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, again, the despoiler champion to me is kind of required. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe other people have better dice rolls than I do, but <laughs> I'm usually looking at four to five extra wounds per attack uh, <laughs> that I wouldn't have gotten uh, otherwise. I tend to roll lots of ones for some reason so uh yeah i mean vicious is fantastic and of course brutal just anytime you can get that that's that's a good thing so um definitely add that (laughs) yeah they they do take items well i mean i recently i haven't been running them as we'll go over we go over our list at the end um i haven't been running them with items just keeping them just the you know 245 with the the spoiler but uh, you can, you know, Jay Boots is a good, Jesse's Boots of Striding is a good uh, a, a item for them, where you can get real cute and put on like for sharpness or um, blessing of the gods. So, you know, you're you're going to be spending close to 300 points, but they're going to be, they're going to delete stuff at that point. Yeah. There's a buzzsaw. Yeah, I I agree. I think in, in the main, probably no items given their cost is is where it's at. And given that you've got such a good upgrade, that's, that's not a one-off upgrade if you right. take multiple hordes. Um, and I think if you look at the the value proposition of that upgrade at 20 points on the horde, it's, you know, you pay 20 points for the vicious item on its own, right? So, right. I mean, you're paying 30 points for it if it's a horde, but yeah, but getting, getting a Yeah, brutal, true, sorry. Yeah. yeah you're get, yep. getting brutal and, and vicious for... Massive discount. For, Massive for discount. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. If it was anything, I'd be looking at those cheaper ones like J Boots, you know, to make yeah. them, you know, to make Even them like, like a slashing and just stuff like, you know. Yeah. Or the other thing would be is if you just hung them out with in the breeze, something like Dragon Shard Shield on any abyssal units, you know, that have that def four, but have regen, you know, if you bait someone into. You know, you just stand there and they've got nothing else but to do that charge you, but it brings you in and allows you to swamp them. You know, I think there's some potential tactical use of that item within the Abyssal list because of the regen and making it even more painful and more grindy. (laughs) And then that way, you know, you don't need a Pathfinder item because you'll be countercharging. So, you know, something like that could work. I don't know about our Molochs because Molochs want to be punching your back. Punching you back? They want to be punching you back. I mean, if you're, you know, Molochs need to be one to be charging. I don't know about, but yeah, I, I can see it on like on the lower, lower abyssals. Yeah, I th- well, I think it, it kind of depends on your meta too. Like if you were coming yeah. against fast stuff all the time, you know, they're only speed six. So, um, yeah, yeah, and I think you kind of well, Steve, you certainly said your opinion. Uh, Paul Collins asked, you know, what's the best hammer in the list, Molochs or Horsemen? And you said the the Molochs. Do you do you agree there, Matt? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, Horsemen, I mean, Crush One, Thunderous One, they're good, mostly. The the issue is the nerve. <clears throat> Molochs have more nerve. Yes, the Abyssal Horsemen are five up. So in theory, that should be a counter. But from my experience, it uh, that extra nerve, even with the lower defense, 
means they stick around longer. Um, and, and yeah, Crush Two against uh, Crush One Thunder One, they're always going to be at a minus two. Whereas, and they're both hitting on threes. It's no real comparison, is it? Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it, on, on face value, they're going to do the same. If you're not taking any upgrades and both are getting unhindered charges, they're doing the same amount of damage because you know they're hitting on threes with 18 attacks at minus two. But Molochs can take vicious and can get brutal, and you know are going to counter charge. You know the, the second round of combat, they're going to do the exact same thing, whereas the horsemen aren't. And so next up, we've got the the only ranged option in the infantry. Uh, well, sorry, in the like the block infantry is the flame bearers. So speed five, melee five, range four, defense three, regen five plus. Firebolts, 18 inches, piercing one with steady aim. You can get the sacrificial imp for five or ten points. They come in troop or regiment. Unit strength one and two, attacks eight and ten, nine, eleven, thirteen, and thirteen, fifteen, nerve, and one, fifteen, and one, fifty-five. Having you destroy me a couple of times on play by email with these combined mm. with other shooting options, Steve, I, like I will vouch for these being a, a good. <laughs> A good yeah. thing i think you know they're, they're not very expensive for piercing shooting with setting aim you know so people will say oh look the 18 inches is a little bit of a drawback i, I don't think 18 inches is that much of a drawback yeah. with things that have steady aim because you're moving and shooting anyway so you've effectively got 23 inches before you before you're taking penalties you know they're obviously their weakness is their 13 15 nerve compared to like standard infantry and and their defense three. So if you're coming up against other shooting, you know you, there might be a tendency to take take um, get taken off. But that's why you take multiples, right, Steve? Right. That's why you take three, <laughs> three regiments of them. Mm. And the the way that again, I give talking with Alex Chavez. Um, you know, the way that I kind of use them, I would use them the same way as kind of like I would use ghouls as just kind of like space holders or objective sitters whatever but you know ultimately if you're you know they're they're going to die when they get charged by any sort of hammer unit but it's going to take a you know it's going to take a while for them to to get you know just one unit one off of one unit it's, you know it, it's not a guarantee of taking them off so you know getting charged by mounted sons in the front yeah you're probably going to they're probably going to lose but it's not a guarantee and at that point you're able to you know regen some of them back so yeah they're they're I really, I still think there, there's a place for them, especially as you know. If you were thinking about the big bag glade stalkers, yeah, the glade stalkers are gonna are gonna shoot them first, but you're gonna have to be focused, focus firing on them, and you have other tools that are available to kind of mitigate that being able to chart to shoot first. But if you're not gonna take them off, I'm gonna eventually I'm gonna get turned to. I'm gonna be able to shoot you back, and I'm gonna hurt you just as bad because I'm you know I'm gonna be I have piercing one. And with the regen, like if you don't take yeah. them off in one round, they just keep going back, right? right? So like people can waste turns shooting at them. Yeah. Right. What do you reckon, Matt? Yeah. Um, so this is one of those units that in the end of uh, second edition, missile players sort of got spoiled for the stupid amount of shooting attacks we could do. And I think uh, a lot of us still are trying to make flame bearers do what we used to do with, uh, you know, the Cronius had fireball 20 at piercing one and the silliness with the afrites these this is a good unit it can sit on an objective it can you know fire uh you know hit good steady two three four wounds per round you know 
they're not something that you can rush forward and go, okay, let's fight. That won't work. But um, again, used correctly, I think this is definitely a unit that can be uh, pretty pretty useful and handy. Um, I personally love to again, hang out and, all right, here's my objective. I'm going to plop my flame bearers on them. And, you know, if you're going to charge me, well, you're going to get shot on the way in. And do you guys agree? So this kind of ties into the the question from John Paul. Is like so he said, you know, well, what's what's the best way to take him? Which I, I think is more than one, whether that's two or yeah. three. But I think if you're taking two, you probably do want them combined with something else. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, usually I have. If I'm not taking three, um, I'll take two that are supported by a warlock or you know are supported by um, a, like a combat character, just to again to, to harass the. The, but yeah, the warlock is always as a, a yeah, having a warlock with you know veil of shadows or even scorched earth, um, kind of helping him out. Or just be you know usually the naked warlock hangs out with them just to provide the inspiring. And also, the warlock is you know, I'm not gonna I'll, I'll hold off my my, uh, my 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 warlock man crush when we get to talking about them more. But yeah, usually <laughs> I, I deploy him with the warlock. Do you want to take us through the single monster option? The Cronius. All right. Cronius. Monster, spellcaster at level zero, height five, speed six, melee three, defense five, unit strength one, six attacks plus D6, dash 18 nerves at 225 points. With a couple of special rules, it comes with Cloak of Death, Crush three, Strider, and then it has Temporal Ruptures. For each point of damage the Cronius causes in melee, you may remove a point of damage from a single core friendly unit within six inches of the Cronius, uh, other than the Cronius itself, to a maximum of three per turn. Uh, and then you also have the option for Drain Life, eight at 30 points. I love Cronius. This is such a good model. Uh, a giant that hits on three with Cloak of Death and the ability to heal those around him, I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, so the the hitting on three plus and the temporal ruptures was an addition to with uh, at the last Clash of Kings, and it's 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 really good. I mean, running two of them is um, at the at the answer Steve Hilcher's question: How many Cronius is too many Cronius? Usually two, uh, two mm. two is a, is a good number because you know they'll having multiple. Cloak of Death, sources of Cloak mm-hmm. of Death, and, and being on a 50 mil base, so you're getting, you know, you're getting a, a wider area of effect, and, and it it provides the synergy. I mean, usually I'm supporting two Moloch hordes with one of them, and you know that they're going in and punching together. They get, you know, and dash 18 on on a on a monster base. That's the 50 dash 18 defense five. It's hard to move. Mm. Well, in in some ways, it's like it's a, a akin, like different, but akin to a phoenix that can fight, right? Because you get right. a fancy radiance of life in in the form of the the temporal ruptures, um, but with the cloak of death as well, and being able to fight. I mean, the main drawback is probably the inconsistency in attacks of the yeah. D six plus six. But um, yeah, what about official nomenclature on uh, multiple Cronius's? Is it just Cronius, Cronius's, Cronii? I, I, I think it's Cronii. Mm, okay. uh, I've recently <laughs> been listening to the the History of Rome podcast. I know that's you know it's, it's about fifteen years old, but mm. you know I've, I've been hearing a lot of Latin terms, and usually when it's a 
Latin term. Well, I, I'm assuming Acronius. Acronius is a made up, made up word, but it's Latin <laughs> derivative, it seems to be. Like when you have that uh, ES uh, ending to it, it's usually translates to a crony i would be multiple of them but because because in other words that end with like puss like octopus it used to be octopi but then they've changed it to be make it acceptable to be octopuses (laughs) or platypuses in australia so you know it's yeah, who knows who knows it's, it's, it's a made up term. We, we need this sorted by mantic yeah yeah <laughs> there, there needs to be an official ruling by mantic of what what multiple cronius mm. are called yeah yeah and if i don't get an answer i'm gonna be like the italians and say stuff you you know <laughs> <laughs> come on kyle we're waiting <laughs> yeah yeah exactly moving on to the swarms steve tortured souls okay. can you take oh, us through God. those I'm glad I get to talk about these guys because um, I believe this is my favorite unit in the army. So Tortured mm-hmm. Souls, um, they are a swarm, but they are the least uh, swarmiest swarm, I think, in Kings of War. So basically, uh, we have Speed 8, Melee 4+, plus, Defense 4+. Plus. We have a Regiment and a Horde option. Um, the Regiment is you know, Strength 2, has 9 attacks, is Dash 14 for 120, the Horde is unit you know, strength 3, 18 attacks for dash 17 for 200. Uh, special rules, we get crushing strength 1, fly, life leech 2, thunderous charge 1. And like I said, they're, they are a swarm, but they are uh, they're the only swarm that I'm aware of that unlocks, that has unit strength 2 for the regiment. Uh, but yeah, these guys are, like I said, my favorite, probably my favorite unit in the army. Uh, Torture Soul Regiments at 120 points are a an incredible value um they function as chaff but they're they're good thick chaff with the dash 14 nerve and but they can grind for a while with the life leech too and honestly you know you get you get flanks with a fly you know with a flying speed eight regiment they're gonna do where it puts some hurt on some things so i i i love tortured souls um i'm starting to play with regiments a little bit more but i think the or with hordes, but the regiments I think are, are, are the take. I think they're they're a great chaff option, um, and they just they're you know the epitome of thick chaff. Yeah, I totally agree. I love the ability to move. Um, you know, speed eight with fly and nimble. They can jump over things. I, I've had several opponents who are surprised when all of a sudden it's like up oh, up oh, here we go, and then. Oh, we got a flank behind you. You weren't expecting. Um, absolutely love these guys. Um, 120 points. Just, yeah, can't miss with that. Yeah, I think they're one of the few hordes that you, uh, sorry, the the one of the few swarms that you actually consider in a horde, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, for a number of reasons. One, they unlock, and two, they're good. And, and I think if we look at the reasoning for the swarms, it's purely fluff-related, right? Because they're meant yeah. to be these hordes of souls from the abyss that are just yeah. flying around. Yeah, um, and one of the, in the fluff, they are in the same, basically the, the, the same circle of the abyss as the, succubi and the hellhounds and they're like the prey of the succubi and the hellhounds and you know then they're used as um they're they're used as like uh, you know shock troops I, I i don't know i don't really get the fluff behind it i don't really mm. care but mm. you know they're i i have found some really cool uh stls for uh tortured souls that are I, I, they've been posted on Fanax. it's called a teeth clacker swarm 
but it's basically a swarm of like these faceless phantasms that are in a big um big cluster and they're 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 great you can fit three of them on a uh on, on a regiment base and they're they're really they're really dope looking so that I yeah and I, and I think like you said like i see that real money in the regiments for, for like you said, either thick chaff or even just as a support piece, like if you're yeah. having them on the flanks, people don't want to go into you and risk a flank from them because yeah, you don't want to, you um, don't want them on the flank. I mean, hmm. um, you know, at that yeah. point they're, they're punching just like, you know, a, a, a large infantry. Cause again, if they're getting the charge off they're they're hitting, it's, you know, it's like six wounds to defense five stuff. Well, and, 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 and I think, yeah, and I think in a game that is so objective-based, particularly with unit strength also, flying yeah. unit strength two on the large infantry, not unlike yeah, the EJs for the halflings, you know, are just such good value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's been times where I've, I've won games where people think, like, oh, it's a, this this control corner is, is, is contested. I'm like, no, nah, my guys are actually unit strength two. So, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, sucks to be you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's all good. So I'll take us through the other swarm. And Martin Benedict Williams says, "Is there a point to Ips under the models existing?" Well, so we've got Speed Five, Melee Five. Uh, they're irregular, I should say. Defense Three, Fury, Vicious, and Melee Regiment uh, and Horde. Unit Strength One for both because they uh, are that typical swarm. Uh, attacks Twelve and Fourteen, and Nerve Ten, Twelve, and Thirteen, Fifteen. Uh, 0.65 and 110. So uh, in answer to Martin's question, I don't think there is much point unless you really wanted some really cheap chaff so you'd take the regiment. I can't ever see myself taking the horde. No. I mean, outside of the force of the Abyss Army, I think this is fine. Like, you look at them, they're the same, pretty much the same thing as Orklings in the Orc Outlast. The Orklings are pretty much the, the Orc's only chaff option. And they're fine. They're they're like the fourth best chaff option in this army. So I've never taken them. Even at sixty five points, they're the same cost as a ghoul regiment or a ghoul. I mean, I'm sorry, a ghoul troop. Mm-hmm. And I think that I would rather have the ghoul troop. But they're not bad. They're just they occupy the same space as just other units that are just better. Mm-hmm. I would say the vicious on this. Gives a little bit of a unique twist to, uh, you know, chaff. Um, I've seen them used before, but I'm still not 100% sure that that's, that was the best choice. I think if you're going to run imps, I'd run something else. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and again, you're paying not too much more for the ghouls, but you're getting an unlock, right? Whereas with these guys, you're not getting an unlock. So, And, and you want to be unlocking, uh, particularly the smaller point games, you definitely want to be unlocking. Yeah. Uh, so we'll move on to the cavalry options, of which there are two. And Matt, if you take us through the first, and there's a couple of questions to go with it as well. Sure. So uh, this is the Abyssal Horseman, uh, speed eight, melee three, defense five. They come in troops and regiments, uh, nine attacks, 18 attacks, nerve 11 13 and 14 16, 155 points for the troop. 244 of the regiment, Crush 1, Fury, Regen 5 up, and Thunderous Charge 1. Yeah, I mean, they're it's a good, solid unit. I think it suffers from having relatively low nerve, 
Uh, again, in theory, the defense five and the regen should make up for that, but it just sort of depends. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there and like the que- the question is um, uh, by Chase Thompson. Uh, they're fairly expensive uh, for what they get every classic night. So are they worth it? Uh, yeah, the you know when we were talking about the the big red book and talking about some of the the points drops of other other cavalry units got. But I looked and I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I'll take, uh, I'll try taking an Abyssal Horseman again. They, the Abyssal Horseman again, a, a points drop. They're at a point where I don't, I think they're, for all the special rules you get, you get Fury and you get, so you get built in waiver mitigation, you get regen, and then you're, you're also, you have more attacks than basic Cav because they're nine, nine, 18 attacks. They've got native crushing one. And so, you would think like, yeah, I have to, I have to pay for all these upgrades, but still, you're you're like when you think about they're they're getting punched by other um, hammers, they're going to be there's a good chance of them being taken off, and then so yeah, I I, I don't know, I, I'm they they've got a good offensive output, but fourteen sixteen, and if you made them like fifteen seventeen. Then, then, then they would be too good for with all the special rules that you get. So I don't know. They're at a, they're at a weird spot. I think they are in a bit weird spot. I think why they probably didn't get the discount is that combination of the extra attacks with the melee three and crush one. You know, whereas the vast majority of cav have thunder two, um, and and on top of that, with when you add the crush one to having waiver mitigation, it's actually quite powerful. Um, yeah. but they are pricey. Yeah, because you're yeah. you're already getting that. So, like, you compare them to this, you know, Mounted Sons of Corrigan. Mounted Sons without the without any upgrades are twenty five points cheaper at the the regiment level because they're I think they're two fifteen. Whereas, but you can all you know usually they're a little bit more expensive because you can get like uh for twenty points the Mounted Sons can get either stealthy or brutal. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know for Five five less points, you're getting one more nerve, and then like usually stealthy. But you compare that to you know, abyssal horsemen also get regen and and fury. So I I don't know. I I'm currently testing lists where I'm taking multiple regiments of them. Um, mm. I, I think they could have got the I, discount, I, I, and they wouldn't have been overpowered. Yeah, yeah. It just yeah, two forty is just it's real expensive for what they do. Mm. And so then if we move on to the Hellhounds, the other option in the cavalry section, Steve. All right. So Hellhounds are an irregular unit. They are we get a troop and a and a regiment. Um they're speed nine, melee four plus, defense four plus. The troop is unit strike one with twelve attacks and a uh 10-12 nerve for 120. Uh regiment is unit strength three for 24 attacks at 13-15 nerve with 185. They are Fury, Nimble, and Thunderous Charge One. Hellhounds, they're that they're they're akin to other, you know, fast cav, fast light cav options and other lists. So Shadow Hounds or or Tundra Wolves, um, which just again it puts them in a, a very strange place. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've never really, never really taken them because you know troops are the same cost as a tortured soul regiment, and I'll always take a tortured soul regiment over them. Um, 
So I mean, they have they have the 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 volume of attacks, which you know, if you you know speed nine and nimble, you can get around with with a high volume of attacks. But they're just kind of they're very middling. So this is one of the units that I was really hoping would get a little love in the uh, the updates every time they do it. I'm like, okay, hellhounds, come on, hellhounds. Um, a the, the Hellhounds hitting melee four at 120 and 185. Uh, Tundra Wolves hitting on three, same amount of attack, same nerve, all that, 115 and 180. So they're hitting on threes and cheaper in the Rift Forge Orcs. Not sure why that is. So to me, this is one of those units that's way overcosted. Um, I know, you know, speed nine and nimble and, oh, you can do all this stuff. It just doesn't have enough punch with the, the melee four and thunderous one. And then, you know, now that you can't take caterpillar, it really kind of uh, hampers this unit. So unfortunately, this is one I really wish they would, uh, you know, give a little love to, but they haven't. And I just not sure anybody's ever going to take them. No, I think it's, I mean, I think the, uh, Steve alluded to it. It's and John Paul alluded to it in a question. It's it's not that they're a bad unit. It's just that yeah, there's better options. Just, it's yeah. just like gargoyles and um <clears throat> and tortured souls. Like I, he mentioned abyssal horsemen. I don't think that falls in that category. But I think more gargoyles and tortured souls are, are just better. You know, just better. Yeah, the, I mean, your your abyssal horsemen. They're they're your you know they're your alpha strike hammer. These guys are you know a, a second line. You know, flank. They guard flanks. They're you know th- threat provides a threat there, but there's just better options. Yeah. All right. So if we move on to the single titan option, which is an abyssal fiend, which is uh, titan spellcaster zero, speed seven, melee three, defense five, unit strength one. Uh, seven attacks, 15, 17 at 175 with Brutal, Crush 2, Fury, Inspiring, Vicious Melee and Fireball 10. I think this is really good for 175 points. You know, yeah, I think uh, the, the only thing that, the, the thing that would bend it would be Nimble. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, at that point, yeah. it's probably too good. But the, the fact with Brutal, with a reasonable amount of consistent attacks, sevens on threes with the Crush 2 and the Vicious, as well as having my wave of mitigation, high nerve, as well as being inspiring. I think this is one of the really powerful options in the, in yeah, the Abyssal list is they're good inspiring characters, you know, yeah. that they do multiple things. They're not just standing there being inspiring um, and combining the Fireball potentially, as you use, do a lot, Steve, with the... Um, with the output from the flame bearers, I just think this is a great and really yeah, flexible unit. You have so many, so many rules for for what you get. I mean, you're getting inspiring from a from a Titan slot, um, and then you're also Fireball Ten is just basically free on them, which is mm-hmm. great. And there, it's height six, so you're yeah with with very for most of the time you're you're, you're getting Fireball without cover because you know it's a it's you know coming from a from a fiend. Yeah, I, I think they're they're such a good value for one seventy five. There's a, like I like I alluded to at the beginning of this. We there are so many units in this army that are just such a good value, but they're not like over the top good. But they're just they're so solid, and this is one of them where you know at one seventy five you're getting so many rules, and you're getting a, a block of nerve with you know that's can stick around. That's gonna just block up stuff and just be 
there's so many times where I've used them as like almost like a, a guarding a flank where the, I'm just blocking line of sight to like dragons. Like, all right, mm-hmm. all right, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I, I once held off like a, a vampire and Pegasus the entire game and just block line of sight. I just fire, yeah, breathe fireball on it. Like just it, it did nothing. And you know, you're, you're wasting a 240 point character where I'm just, I, I'm protecting my, you know, taking it out with a 175 point Titan. Yeah. The, uh, the speed seven, I think uh, catches a lot of people out. Cause you know, you're running with Molochs or you're running with infantry and you're like, Oh, well, speed five, speed six. And then all of a sudden, Oh wait, no, 14, 14 inch charge. Just, Again, fantastic unit for the uh, the point value there. One seventy five is wonderful. I, I would pay yeah. two hundred points up to. Points I was literally it. about to say one ninety to two hundred, and I think you'd still be looking at I, it. I would still you know. it. Not that I think it needs that. Like it's not yeah. overpowered, I, it's right? Not but, it, overpowered, but it's good enough. It's a very hmm. good value, but it's yeah. not like oh my god, like not everyone is taking three fiends. Yeah. Uh, because there's there's other good options. I mean, you're competing for the same spot as a as a Cronius. Um, but yeah, they're 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 a very good, very good option, uh, and having having inspiring out of the, the out of that slot is crucial too. Mm. All right, and now so that concludes everything but the heroes and formation, and we're about to move into heroes. And if you thought we're almost done, well, then you're wrong because Abyss have so many bloody heroes, right? Uh, so Matt, do you want to? We'll try and move through them reasonably quickly. But Matt, do you want to take us into the first, which is the Abyssal Champion? Sure. This is Hero Infantry. He's a Spellcaster, level 0. Speed 5, melee 3, defense 5. 5 attacks, 13 to 15 nerve at 110 points. Comes with Crushing uh, 1, Fury, Individual, Inspiring, Mighty, and Regen 5 up. Upgrade with Wings to uh, increase the speed to 10 and gain Fly for 45 points. And he can take Lightning Bolt 5 for 35 points. Uh, good, solid hero choice. I don't use him a lot in most of my list, but that is more kind of how I run the list. So uh, definitely, you know, good, good, solid unit that uh, you can use to all sorts of different roles. Yeah, and being mighty is, is, is crucial. Mighty with, you know, you have the option of taking... With taking wings to, for being a, a very fast individual and a very fast mighty individual with fury and regen five plus that guy can that guy can, that guy can go punch a dragon or go punch you know a greater air elemental uh more likely and keep it there for a while keep it there for you know two turns two three turns just from yeah i think i'm more likely to run it with the wings option oh, yeah, um, I, and not I, the lightning bolt option yeah, if i, I was I, going I, on foot with lightning i'm more inclined to just pay more and go a fiend at that point, yeah, you're going to take a fiend. Um, but yeah, the the wings with you know, torque dissonance is uh, as well. But yeah, the the the, the abyssal champion is uh, again a mighty, mighty combat heroes are uh, few and far between, and this guy's just good for having the the waiver mitigation and the regen and a yeah and the option of giving it fly without dropping its defense without having to take wins of any maze. Absolutely. Uh, do you want to roll straight into the Harbinger? Steve? All right. So the, the Harbinger, um, this is a infantry hero, speed five, melee five, range five, defense four, uh, no unit strength, two attacks, 10, 12 nerve for 65 points. Um, it's individual inspiring, regen five plus, 
and you can take a firebolt, which is an 18 inch piercing one shot um, range attack. And then you can give it a mount for making it speed eight, night three for 25 points. So I've actually never taken one because honestly, I'd pay the 25 points and get a, get a warlock instead. It just occupies the same. I mean, yeah, it's cool that you get two shots. Basically, you're basically paying two shots for piercing one shots from your flag bearer, from your you know, army standard bearer. But I don't think that's worth necessary because usually the army standard bearer are like 50 points. Yeah, I just this guy just is probably the one unit in the army that I, I think is I would I just haven't taken just because there's better options. Yeah, uh, exact same with me. It, it's there's so many other options for inspiring. There's a lot of inspiring in uh, the abyssal list and just not really something he doesn't do enough uh, that some of the other characters do to uh, really warrant those points. So um, mm. I don't think I've ever taken one. <laughs> I I totally agree. I think, like you said, Steve, it's it's their play on the ASB, but it just it doesn't do enough compared to the other characters you've got for not much more, which are more, you know, um, more Swiss Army knife than this one. So I can't see myself taking unless I really needed some inspiring, but you know, in this list, I don't see that you're going to need it at that at that cheapness. So then we go into the Archfiend of the Abyss, which is a Hero Titan and Spellcaster Zero, Speed 10, Melee 3, Def 5, Unit Strength 1, 9 Attacks, 17, 19 Nerve, Brutal, Crushing Strength 3, Fly, Fury, Inspiring, Nimble and Vicious in Melee with Fireball 10. Uh, and we also have a question about the Archfiend is from John Paul. I want to use more Archfiends. How do I get more into a list in a semi-competitive way? Um, and that's because he's got so many giant demon models. I mean, I, I really like this um, in terms of I, I like it on paper. My, my current feeling at the moment is that these over 300 point flying dragon-esque things probably don't do quite enough to dem- uh, to justify their points um, and yeah, certainly don't do enough to justify taking multiples. I mean, I've suggested maybe on some of these dragon-esque things that, you know, a nice little change might be something like piercing on their breath attacks or something, as in their effect, their old breath attacks, their fireballs or something like that, just to make them a little bit more useful. So I, I like it on paper. It'll certainly do whatever you ask of it. You know, it'll either grind or you know it's got the the wave of mitigation it'll do a lot of damage if it goes in flanks but but for me in most of my list building it's probably just a little too expensive it's a it's it's a dragon it, it suffers from every other that suffers from the same problems that all dragons suffer from is that they're on a 75 mil base uh and they're just expensive it's, it, there's nothing wrong. I mean, it's a good dragon. I mean, you're you're basically giving up one attack for get to getting for getting brutal and fury. It's just they're, they're they suffer from the same problems as, as every other dragon. And as we'll we'll go over in a little bit, um, there's just a there's a much 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 better better option um, coming that fills yeah. the same spot. Yeah, agreed. It, it's fine. If you want to bring an Archfiend, that's great. Um, I would never bring... I, I tried a list with two and, you know, Flying Circus and lots of... Uh, yeah, it just doesn't have enough... Staying power doesn't have enough punch to it to, to really work well. So if you want to bring one and, you know, uh, threaten flanks and uh, make your opponent think about things, can definitely be good, but uh, I would never... Again, after trying, yeah, I'm not going to run more than one probably ever (laughs) 
Okay, and moving on to the Despoiler Champ. Matt, we'll get you to take through this. And we've got a question from John Green about how awesome are Despoiler Champs and do we not see them more because there's so many other hero choices? Yeah. So uh, Despoiler Champ, he is speed 6, melee 3, defense 5, uh, unit strength 1, 5 attacks, a dash 14 at 130 points. Something very important to note, he is height 4. He's not height 3 like uh, the, the Molochs. Special rules are Brutal, Crushing Strength 2, Nimble, Regen 5 up, and Vicious Melee. This is one of the units I really want to try to figure out how to use them. I, again, on paper, this should be a unit that's just really good. Um, missing, inspiring kind of hurts them a little bit. So, you know, this should be a pretty good killy character, you know, get flanks and nimble and all that kind of stuff. I just haven't figured out how to use it yet <laughs> yeah I, i've i've run them again i've run two of them they're they're great because they're kind of you know they, they being defense uh being defense five and dash 14 with regen they're they can hold something up but they also have the offensive output too and brutal and vicious so at, at the points level for 130 them having inspiring if there's no reason why they should have inspiring. Yeah, I think I think you know they their stat line is awesome, right? They they they, yeah, they would do exactly what you want them to do and score. And like you say, Matt, you know height four is important because you can stick them behind Molochs and probably still get into the same combat to double up, um, especially with the nimble and then combining fearless and regen. But yeah, I think you would they get squeezed out because of inspiring options because they're occupying the same you know the same spots. Um, so moving on to the seductress. So we have a speed 10, melee 3, defense 4, no unit strength, 5 attacks, 11, 13 at 130 with crushing strength 1, duelist, ensnare, fly, fury, individual, inspiring, stealthy, right? So if you want to talk about competition in that spot, yeah. you know, all the rules for the same points as the despoiler, right? And then you've also got options for Enchant for 15 points and Thrall for 35 and Windblast for 30. Um, I think for me, this is an awesome, awesome little unit because of the fly and the ensnare and the duelist. Like it is just a complete, you know, it can hold a unit up, it can take out enemy characters, it can it can do so much. I don't think I, if I, I'd consider paying Bane Chant, but never enthrall or win blast, I, I don't think, because it's not playing to its strengths at that point. What do you guys think? Yeah, the the way to take this the this lady is with the gnome glass shield, because mm -hmm. at that point you have a ensnare uh, stealthy individual with um, with defense six. Yeah, it's it's a it's one of the preeminent flying characters just for um, it has a duelist, so you can go and get the extra attacks against individuals. It could it, it it's not as it's scary sometimes with you know trying to get it to have a fire to sit down because it's not mighty. So you're like a yeah, your your heart skips a beat if you wanted to like chaff something up real quick. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fantastic unit. Um, I think with the the meta the way it is, it they're kind of required. You know, at least one to again with the gnome glass shield just to go and put a disorder on something or to go character hunting or war machine hunting or whatever it could be. Um, yeah. I can't say anything. It's just, it's a, it's one of the preeminent flying characters. Absolutely love this unit. Um, I'm same gnome glass shield and, you know, let's uh, 
run around. You can do so many things. Um, if you're playing an army that has um, surge, boy, you can really get your opponent to hide and kind of limit where they're going because they're so worried about, well, that seductress jumps my line and, you know, kills all of my surge units or uh, guys. Um, so just fantastic for the points at uh, 130 or as I like to say, they're really 140 because you're going to yeah. take the shield. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, and contextually within the army, like this unit would be good in any army, right? But okay. when you take it in Force of the Abyss where you've got multiple flying options, like there's a chance that your opponent doesn't doesn't get to look at them because they're too worried about your unit strength flying options or your more hammery flying options. And so she can just be sneaking around doing whatever the hell she wants. Yeah, just, just being uh, a nuisance. Yeah, exactly. And so then we talk into the much men- uh, go into the much mentioned uh, Abyssal Warlock, Matt. Can you take us through that? Oh, my pleasure. Love this unit. Uh, Abyssal Warlock, we are height three, speed six, melee four, range four, defense four, unit strength one, five attacks, 11, 13 nerve at 90 points. Uh, special rules Fury, Inspiring, Nimble, Regen, five up. And then fire bolt, uh, 18 inches with piercing one and steady aim. And then options, you can take bane chant for 20 points, drain life six for 30, blood boil uh, for 30 points, or veil of shadows for 25. If you're not running at least two of these, then yeah, I'm not 100% sure what you're doing. So these are fantastic <laughs> yeah. units. Jeremy on a previous i think i think it was the uh order of the green lady or or forces of nature review talking about the the druid as the mayor of value town um mm. i would like to politely disagree and say that the warlock is the mayor of value town um just and it, the one thing just that you get a for 90 points you get all those rules in addition to you know five effective shooting attacks in addition to unit strength one in addition to you know it's no slouch in melee or in combat either so it's like you know you're going to give it a rear okay i'll take that and you know Mm. the chaffs when it needs to i you know that's the well look they could be the 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 the, the aforementioned could be the the mayor but this this guy's the governor or the president right you yeah know? yeah it's like <laughs> yeah this 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 guy is really the man and if you look at those spell options i probably wouldn't take more than one because of the yeah. shooting attack like but i would diversify across my choices and i don't think there's really a bad choice i think maybe drain life like yes it's useful but i think comparatively the others are probably more useful in in list builds like blood boil if you're combining with your flame bearers or other things or veil of shadows because you're protecting your load defense stuff your bane chan obviously to power up your your hammers i'd probably drain life for me would probably be the least likely but they're all good and it's also uh, spell spell caster level two so you Mm. out of the box you're getting access to some of the higher level spells, so you're are automatically getting um, bark skin, which is again if you're if they're supporting like your succubi, bark skin's great. Um, scorched earth, scorched earth. I yeah, typically if I'm taking any spell on them, because usually I just I'll keep them at ninety points, keep them real cheap, and just have them be you know a a nuisance, then probably winning me the game because they're you know a. a Bimble square base hero with the unit strength one, but scorched earth is I think is the one spell that I take most often besides Veil of Shadows. 
Because um, it's not a legendary either, is it? So, no. it, like, if you wanted to as well, you take the Conjurer's staff and effectively you're getting Scorched Earth 3 instead of 2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the... Yeah, there's nothing nothing bad I can say about the warlock, and there's some really cool like the mantic warlock. I think is really cool. The the the, the fat ogre demon with it being ridden on a by a scrawny demon on a big um, poopy pillow. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so let's move on to the uh, blood mask, the Heliquin blood mask. Steve, can you uh, run us through All that? Right. All right. So Pelican blood mask, it's a cavalry hero. So it's uh, height three, speed eight, melee three plus, defense five plus, um, three attacks, 11, 13 nerve for 85 points. It's got crush one, individual fury re- regen, five plus, and thunder charge one. Um, so this is like your, your kind of like your elf prince. It's a you know, a cab a hero that can, you know, hopefully do one wound. I mean, it doesn't have the, I don't think it has the volume of attacks to be really reliable to the one wound. Um, I have taken this guy before, and the only way that I've ta- ever taken the help in Blood Mask is with the Crystal Pendant ret- Retribution, uh, because at that point it, it's 135 points, and I, I, I have held off, like, hordes of things just by that that guy being threatening but it's a gimmick i mean good players can play around um you know having to to to, uh not having to deal with the crystal pendant and at that point you're still taking you're at the same cost as like a as a seductress so it's a it's a cool trick it's like on paper like 85 points for for a mounted hero is great i think other uh, other Armies would love to have a mounted hero for 85 points, but it just it's just it, it occupies the same space and like as uh, other combat heroes, which are just better. And unless you're ta- unless, unless you're being goofy and taking taking it with the crystal pendant, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, this is uh, another one of those units that yeah, it's good. It, it's got a roll uh, again. It can crush one, thunderous one, that whole 360, and and um, you know charge of 16 you can make things trying to get around your flanks at least lose fly for hopefully one turn you know is it great nah, not particularly but you know if you've got the right kind of list yeah it could, it could be effective so uh, another one of those units though doesn't have inspiring which would be nice yeah i completely agree with you guys i think like it can do something that probably exactly what you want it although it's not that reliable too but again it's in that points range where there's just better options yeah um so i'll move us on to the afrit which is hero infantry spellcaster zero speed seven melee five uh defense four unit strength zero because it's an individual one attack 11 13 at 115 points uh basically besides being individual it's got fireball 15 uh and john paul asks is a fireball centric build of forces of this a viable or is 12 inch shooting on fours with no piercing too risky previous versions of the afraid i used to love but they were a bit bent right yeah. um you know i think they had fireball 20 when fireball yeah, had piercing or something yeah, yeah. The, the second edition afraid had fireball 20. yeah i think now there's probably a bit too much high defense in the game to probably make that fireball centric build yeah. very viable and you've got other options in the list that give you fireball anyway and yeah. do other things so i can't see myself ever taking this and i also can't see myself 
taking a fireball-centric build. It would be a flame bearer-centric with the addition of fireball. Right, because, I mean, you have mm. your, your fireball is, like I said, when we talked about the fiend, the fireball on the fiend is basically free because you're taking you're taking the fiend that w- with all those rules for 175 points no matter what. Mm. So you're getting fireball 10 for free. So mm. with this guy, I, you know, when, they were, when they were doing Clash of Kings last year and all the things with, you know, the spellcast level, I thought the, the a free was going to get something cool. But, yeah, it, it's... I've taken it just just and you know kind of fun games where and given it the diadem of dragon kind when you have you know, basically you have fireball 21 or, or something you know, fireball 21 which is cool but yeah this is another one of those units i really was hoping they would give a little bit of love a little bit of a boost to um some of my favorite mantic models uh the afrites those just yeah it's a great look so cool and um you know i've got i think four of them and really nicely painted and I haven't used them for like three years. It's just, it's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I remember playing against them in second edition when they had 20 shots and uh, you could take the the piercing item. The piercing item was a thing. So yes. you had uh, your fireball 20 with piercing in addition to the Kerneas with that fireball 20 with piercing. So you're like, oh, Jesus, this, is, this, is, this isn't fun. But yeah, mm. it's, uh, the mighty have fallen. Yeah, I, I blame myself for that one. I played uh, Chris Kapsner with that list um, when he was still on the rules committee, and then, strangely enough, the next uh, Clash of Kings is like, oh, all of our all of that stuff that was in my list all got nerfed. So, uh, blame me on that, uh, Abyssal player. Sorry. <laughs> and look, I think um, I, I mean for me, inspiring wouldn't even be enough to move them at this point, probably because yeah. you got better options. So, it probably needs a bit of a rework in in some sort of way, whether. Yeah, um, not not sure entirely, but yeah. Let's move on to the unique options. Matt, if you want to take us through Maltibusu, and we have a question from Gnome, um, from Gnome Glass. We could call him Gnome Glass Luke, but from Luke Schaefer. Uh, Gnome Glass Seductress or Mauti? All right, uh, Maltibusu, we... Um, you can only take one. She is height two, speed 10, melee three, defense four, five attacks, 12, 14 nerve at 160 points, and comes with crush one, duelist, ensnare, fly, fury, individual, inspiring, stealthy, and the special rule, terrible majesty. The unit has brutal D3. And then uh, Luke's question, gnome glass shield or motai? I would typically say probably Gnome Glass Shield Seductress. That being said, I came up with a really interesting combination um, with her and a Warlock with um, um, Beast, Shadow Beast. When you get that, you know, four attacks, crush three, and now you get possibly up to three Brutal. It's interesting, but probably I'd say the the seductress personally. Yeah, I I took Matabusu a lot and uh, before Clash of, like at you know before Clash of Kings because at, at that point the seductress only inspired um, Succubi, you know. So, and, but Matabusu always had like just generic inspiring, so I took it just because um, because of that and adding the you know the brutal D three is always always nice. But yeah, it's. I would rather take you just enough. If I'm taking two flying individuals, one of them's probably going to be the known glass shield seductress, and the other one's going to be either the 
the the abyssal champion with wings because it's as mighty but it, it it still makes a great great unit it's an interesting addition even though uh the brutal d3 has been co-opted by edge grenadiers now mm. i mean honestly i think even without the gnome glass i'm probably tempted to go the seductress over mounty like yeah. like you said the brutal d3 is nice but you've got other brutal options in the list so and you're not typically going to be running her in on her own right with that brutal d3 so if it's combining yeah. with something else that already has brutal like yes you're going to take the higher option but you're probably getting less value than what you're paying for there uh, so steve the the counterpart of matibusu is basusu uh, basusu can you take us through basusu or to um give homage to the late great jesse cornwell basus in the vial um this is a uh, speed 10 melee three uh defense five you know, no unit strength um seven attacks 14 16 nerve for 210 points that has crushed strength two fly individual inspiring mighty regen five plus and then there's the options of of making a single gargoyle troop basus's vile brood which gained the abomination special keyword crushing strength one and increased their waiver nerve value by two for 25 points yeah uh harkening back to the days of second edition uh basusu was the bait of my existence um but i i just think 210 points is just real real expensive for um an individual that doesn't ultimately win me the game um but yeah i mean mighty flying characters are great but then the the basusa's vile brood is a it's a it's a cool novelty but i've never taken it and honestly again i'm not spending for what it does i'd rather just spend half the points for um a seductress or find an extra 55 points and bring Bayel instead. It's another one of those units that with a trick, I kind of liked him. Uh, again, I would uh, use host shadow beast to bump up his number of attacks. Now that that's changed, uh, I really don't see a reason to take him. Um, that's a lot of points for a non-scoring unit. Yeah. It's, it's totally agree. Too, 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 too many better options used to be yeah. way better. Used yeah. to be way better in the context of the list. So, um, and then so we've got the Will of Souls. Uh, so it is a hero monster, height five, speed eight, melee four, defense five, unit strength one, 10 attacks, dash 20 for 290 points, crushing strength two, fly, inspiring, life leech five, nimble, and strider. And so, and the special rules, soul drain. So when the Will of Souls is given an order, it may put up to 20 points of damage on itself. However, this cannot take it to more than 20 damage in total. For each point of damage taken in this way, it may remove one point of damage from a friendly core unit within nine inches. The Well of Souls will not take a nerve test for damage taken in this way. Um, Jesse Garrett says, are there meaningful choices in list building besides Well versus Bale? Well, yeah, I think there are. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and John Paul says, is the Well of Souls an auto include? So for mine, I think this is a very good unit, um, but I think at 290 points, it's not an auto include. It helps you It helps you grind better, you know, and Life Leech with the 10 attacks is, Life Leech 5 with the 10 attacks is awesome. So you're obviously regaining some of that damage, particularly if you're really good with it. But I think, I think if it was a lot cheaper, like if this was closer to 
200 than 290 absolutely it's an auto but i think at 290 it's taking up a fair chunk of points and when you've got low def you know the the chances of you being one shot are reasonably high sometimes so are you getting true value for that i i think not um but i don't think that changes that it's a really good unit yeah it's yeah it's a cool trick and you know honestly with if you're taking the well plus multiple like two craniuses, yeah, you're gonna you can do some really cool tricks where you're just moving wounds around. Um, it's just a, it's a huge point in points and in investment. Um, I don't I don't I, I think it's far from an auto include. Um, yeah, uh, it's but yeah, you with the, the that kind of grind list if you're going to like I said, you can you can go from like 12 wounds on a Moloch horde to no wounds on a Moloch horde real quick. And then, you know, everything's just kind of healing everybody else. And it's, a, it's, it's nifty, but, um, and almost I've never got with the, with hitting on fours and you know, 10 attacks, basically I've never very rarely got the full life leech five mm-hmm. from it. It's usually like three. Whenever I build a forces of the abyss list, I always start off with, okay, do I want to bring a well this time or not? And that's sort of my, uh, the, the, you know, that's that's my choice. If I'm bringing a well, I'm probably going to try to bring higher unit strength. Uh, if I'm not bringing the well, I'm probably going to go a little more alpha strikey, more, uh, you know, smashy with the uh, the Molochs. So um, I won't say it's, it's definitely not an auto include to me, but it is, at least in my opinion, sort of that pivot point, like, is this something I want to take? Yes or no? And then you build the list around it or the lack of it. So and we've had Mati Busu, Basusu, and now, Matt, can you take us through Zasusu, the Betrayer? Sure. So uh, Zazuzu, the Betrayer, uh, speed 6, melee 4, defense 4, unit strength 1, 5 attacks, 12, 14 nerve, 115 points, height 3. He comes with Fury, Nimble, Inspiring, and Regen 5-up. His special rule is Betrayal. At the start of each of his shooting phases, Zazuzu may select a single friendly core unit within 6 inches to be his sacrifice. If he does so, uh, he will increase the number of dice used to cast his Lightning Bolt or Bane Chance spells up to 4 for each hit scored. With the spell this turn, the sacrifice unit suffers a point of damage. No nerve tests are required for damage caused this way. And as you can imagine, comes with Lightning Bolt 4 and Bane Chant 2. Um, yeah, one of those really good units. If you got the right things around him, you want to make sure you're uh, putting wounds on units you don't really care about. And uh, boy, getting up to Lightning Bolt uh, 7 can really be nice. Or Lightning Bolt 8, excuse yeah, me. Lightning Bolt 8, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think he's playing in the space of that Abyssal Warlock, isn't he? You know, um, you're getting a couple of spells for not a lot more. Um, So I I, I think he's quite good. I mean, John Paul says, why do I keep hurting myself by using him? Um, And he's so fun. And what's the best unit for Zazie to to betray? So, I mean, I I think this guy's a really good take. And, I mean, the best unit to betray, I would say, is, you know, the the highest nerve or the highest, you know, fearless nerve you've got in the list, I would have thought. But the way I, I usually run them is I'll I'll have uh, gargoyles around him and have mm-hmm. the gargoyles be the the. It, it depends, but usually yeah, the gargoyles are around him. The gargoyles are the are the um, sacrifice. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically, when you think of it, you could for you could buy Bang Chant two on a Warlock for twenty points, making so for five extra points, you're getting Bang Chant two, Lightning Bolt four, and then the option to go and actually one higher nerf than a regular Warlock. So yeah, um, visibly Riley and I would would joke that after the change, that his his name is Zazusu, the surprisingly playable now. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I take Zazusu all the time. I think it's a great. It's it's I'm going to want to take a Warlock with Bane Chant, and yeah, I, I'll spend that five extra points for for uh, Mighty Bolt 8, or whatever, yeah, and, and on top of it. Mm. Well, I, I think if in your list building you're already looking at two Warlocks there's, and you were, as in not naked, there's no reason not to add him as one instead, right? Right. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. right. and then we have the Formation. Uh, we have uh, uh, gee, these names, Kazaza. We have uh, manifestation of Bale. Oh, do we? I missed it. Oh, that's why I threw you, Matt. I saw you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Steve, do you want to do the manifestation of Bale? Yeah. Um, so Bale's my other. That's my homeboy. He's my other um, favorite unit on this list. So uh, manifestation of Bale. He is a hero monster. So height four. Speed 10, melee 3 plus, defense 5 plus, unit strength 1, 7 attacks, 14, 16 nerf for 265. Special rules are brutal, crushing strength 2, fly, fury, inspiring, nimble, regen 5 plus, stealthy, vicious melee. Um, he has lightning bolt 7, and he has the special rule from the pit, I curse thee. So once per game, he gets, he, as a ranged attack, he can disorder everything within 6. Um, I can honestly say I've never used from the pit I curse thee. However, I've used Bale pretty much to every list army list that I've I run. He is the best beast of nature in the game. So like that, yeah, again, the 50 mil mini dragons, he's the best one there is because he has all of those special rules and lightning bolt seven. So he's doing something every turn of the game. And I think John Paul says, you know, does he make the Archfiend redundant? And I think the yes. short answer is yes, you know, because it's got the smaller base in terms of the monster base, you know, only two less attacks, far less expensive. Um, and, yeah, with that regen Lightning Bolt stealthy. 7, regen and stealthy, just so much better. Um, someone else asked were there any from the pit, I curse the uh, fun stories. But I think it's, yes. you know, Oh well, Matt. Well, we'll get you to tell one in a second. But I think I think in the in the vast majority of cases, I, I wonder if some people get confused and think he can do it after moving twenty because yeah. he can't. Right? Yeah, it's I a ranged attack. It, I, in yeah. second edition, I think he could. Right. So he could charge something and then be like from the pit I curse thee. But now, um, yeah, since it's a shooting attack, I've never I've never used it. I've I have probably a hundred games in with Bale. Never used it because he's usually either charging or well, he's usually casting lane bolt seven or you know, charging something with a flank or rear. I have used it a grand total of once. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it, it's very, it's very much something you've got to be in the right spot and have the right target. I was playing an empire of dust player. Um, he had two units of guardian archers at idol of Shobik and then a, um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the catapults. And I, Jumped him across uh, woods because you know hiding in there, ten inches hit that and shut all of that down for a turn. 
next turn went really well for me because he was able to rush everybody up and get into combat. So, um, again, not very useful usually, but when it went off, boy, that was nice. That was a, a lot of points that got shut down, um, you know, mm. because of that. So, well, make sure you let us know in the comments for this episode if people, if you uh, do have some good stories, could we'd like to read them? But and I, I think the reality is, it's not like you're even paying for that rule, right? No, it so it's yeah. it's something that if you happen to be in the situation where you can use it, awesome, right? But yeah, and, and um, there's a requirement if you're using that in a game, you have to shout that at the top of your lungs because the yeah. in the I think in the book it's on all capitals with an exclamation point. So in order for it to work, you need to be <laughs> you know you need to shout it. And most absolutely. definitely yeah mm. and that's yeah. why i, I want to i I'll, i just want to do it just so like maybe in a game five at a gt when i'm like you know in the middle tables yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna just use it just so i can you know holler yeah. well and if you want to talk counters to like greater air, element, air yeah. elementals right it is it is probably something that in the current meta gets even more powerful um because yeah. you can d- disorder that surge caster so, yeah, sort of a, um, you know, and and that wouldn't be necessarily that hard to set up, I don't think. Um, right. And and you could argue that that would be a valuable use of that turn to to do that as a ranged attack if if it stopped them getting their greater air elementals into where they wanted. So, um, you know, that's yeah. probably something that particularly. I mean, we don't get them a lot here in Australia, but particularly in the states, you could almost say approaching approaching auto with manifestation just because it's so flexible. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, mm. I've been building building lists without him, which feels really strange for me, but yeah, typically he's mm. certainly more auto than the, the well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right. So I'll do the formation. So a Kaz Kaza's torment. Uh so this involves one regiment and one hold of lower abyssals at ten points a unit. So Kazaar's maggots, and then Kazaar the putrid, who is a despoiler champion for twenty-five points, and Kazaar, God, this feels so weird just repeatedly saying that, <laughs> gains both the inspiring and aura life leech two infantry only special rules. <laughs> Uh, whenever a unit of Kazaar's maggots suffer a rout result, all units in base contact with that suffer D3 plus one hits with piercing one and gain the frozen special rule. No nerve tests are required for damage caused in this way. I, and John Paul said, is the formation worth taking for the life leech aura alone? At 45 points, I don't think you could say it's worth it for that alone, but I think it's a good formation. And particularly yeah. when you look at the fact, I, I mean, for me, what makes the uh, what makes it even more is the inspiring on the despoiler champion. So you're looking at something that you kind of want to take, but you probably don't, and suddenly it gets the thing that would make you want to take it, plus some. Yeah, when I when I take it, I I it's usually running around with succubi. So to give uh, to the empire that inspired the succubi and to give him life leech too, um, mm-hmm. I, I've been trying really hard to make the formation work. Like I would, uh, the one illicit iteration I had where I would put uh, the crystal pendant on the on the horde, just be like, "All right, cool, yeah, please kill this horde." And you know, it's defense three, but then it ends up getting shot off, and none of, none of that fun stuff happens. And I get upset. I think it makes me sad. Um, yeah, I I think. I think there are, there is a list there. I'm trying to find it, but I haven't found it yet. I kind of have the same same opinion on that. It it's another one of those on paper. This should be a really good formation. You should be able to use this and build around it. 
just haven't quite figured out a way to make it work the way I wanted to. Um, again, it's good. Uh, life leech and, uh, you know, you kill my stuff and it, you blow up. I mean, that's pretty cool, but just haven't quite gotten there yet with it. Well, I think think for me when it when you like I th- I think it's quite good and it should work but when you look at it across formations it's one of the more expensive formations right yeah. which which makes it challenging and probably the the thing that you you wouldn't normally take in there is probably the regiment of the lower abyssals right yeah. so yeah you're having to caddy that regiment of abyssals to get the other fun stuff so it, it, I think you really like most of the formations I think when you're taking them you've got to build around it right you know, yeah, you, you don't, you don't, well, except maybe for dwarfs, you don't add it in because it's just too good, right? You add it in to then make a list really good around it. Yeah. I, if it was two hordes of lower abyssals, I would, I, I would take it all the time. <laughs> but the, the regiment's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and I, I'm trying, I'm, I really am. I'm, I'm trying to make this, make it work, but I just, I haven't found, found it yet. Mm. And I, I think just before we go to your guys' lists and we or we'll have a quick break before the lists is um, Blake Robertson asks, now that we're finished up, what, what units do you guys consider traps? I mean, and, and what units do you consider underrated? Uh, I mean, I don't personally see stuff that's too underrated in the Abyssals. I think if there was a trap of anything, it's probably the well because I don't yeah. think it's necessary. Uh, what do you guys reckon? Yeah, I mean, we talked about, you know, the underrated even i think just because the army isn't played all that much the like the warlock and the bael and the fiend are underrated just because they're just such great values for what all the rules you get and all what they do the, the traps obviously i think the um i think the well of souls is a trap like you said matt um i really like all the other units i usually don't take are i don't i don't take because they're just better options but yeah, uh, I, if it, you know, if you're going to say which one's the trap, I think it's the Well of Souls because, like I said, you're not. It's very rare that I'm getting all five wounds back. And typically, when you know, you'll see somebody like I'm just going to take all these wounds off, and then it gets just shot off, and then you're 290 point inspiring monsters dead. I, I think I mentioned it earlier. The the succubi are the unit I would consider the trap unit, not because it's a bad unit whatsoever, but because it's really easy to try to overdo it. Um, you know, okay, we're going to take the pathfinder, so now we're one eighty, and we're to take uh, you know crushing, so now we add thirty, so now we're at two hundred and some odd points for a unit with defense three, and okay, we're we're going to support them with this, and we're going to do this, and it's like, okay, so. How many points are you throwing into a unit that has defense three? Again, it's fine on its own. It's good. Maybe one of those options is, you know, a good addition to it. But I think that's one of those units that's it's very easy to totally overdo it, trying to, uh, uh, you know, get it to perform really awesome and do what you want. Saying that at a personal experience. So, <laughs> you know, be careful with that one. <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with a couple of lists. Hello, this is Duncan Rhodes from the Duncan Rhodes Painting Academy. And whilst you're listening to Countercharge, I hope you're thinning your paints. And welcome back. And so now from our two experts, I'm going to sit out of this one, but our two experts are going to provide us with a, a list each that they're running. I think Matt's brought a 1995 list, which will be good for those smaller point tournaments. And Steve, I'm assuming you're at 2300. Yep. Um, yeah, Matt, why don't you... Uh, 
why don't you take us through yours first and, and tell us about, you know, how it plays, what you see its strengths and weaknesses as. Sure. So uh, this is a 1995. I'm taking this to the Gym City Massacre in uh, Ohio. Uh, there is a special character with that particular tournament that uh, gives some boost and things. So that does kind of play into um, this particular list. To start off, I've got three regiments of Abyssal Ghouls. I've got two troops of Flamebearers, three hordes of Molochs, one of those with Jesse's Boots of Striding. Two uh, Tortured Soul Regiments, a Seductress with Gnome Glass Shield. I've got a Abyssal Warlock with Host Shadow Beast. A second Abyssal Warlock, just running regular. And then probably the surprise to everybody, two Heliquin Blood Mask. Uh, the idea here is the Seductress, Heliquin Blood Mask, as well as the Abyssal Ghouls. Lots of chaff, lots of thick chaff that it's going to take uh, some actual time to punch through with the host shadow beast that should hopefully be giving me three to four damage on each of those individuals so that can start adding up over time um and then <clears throat> excuse me tortured souls looking for flanks uh flank denial all that kind of fun stuff and then the real meat of the list the three moloch hordes with the upgrades uh the idea here is you know, you throw enough chaff, throw enough stuff in the enemy's way, and then those come up counter and hopefully kill a whole bunch of stuff. So probably not the most uh, min-maxed uh, uh, list out there, but I do think it is uh, pretty good for what it does. And uh, with the special character, which can ha uh, adds in Rally and Bane Chant and a couple of other things, uh, it can make this list quite a bit better than uh, kind of the sum of its parts right now. Yeah, I like it. I I, I... I haven't really, uh, I haven't really been doing a lot of 1995 lists, but triple Molochs is, I think at that points level is really tough mm -hmm. to deal with. And then you have the, the, the individuals that could you know, chaff in a, in a, in a pinch. And, um, yeah. I agree. That combination of high nerve with the high damage output is interesting at that points level, right? And, um, difficult to deal with, particularly if you do have the options to chaff it up, which you, which you do. So, and be, because of the high nerve and at that lower points level is likely to be a bit more resilient to the shooting that would normally take them off because there's unlikely to be quite the massive shooting. Yeah, uh, typically yeah. here in the Midwest, we don't have a, uh, a major shooting meta. That's something that it's a lot more combat-y uh, here, um, which is good and bad. But so, uh, again, my list tend to be a little more uh, uh, focused on uh, the fighting than, you know, worrying about getting shot off the table. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, Mr. Forster, what do you have for us? All right. So this is a list that I've been kind of toying with. The idea is to provide and it provides a shooting and I have uh, I have uh, several hammers that can follow, kind of follow it up. So it starts off with three regiments of flame bearers. Um, I bring two Moloch hordes with the spoiler champion, champion upgrades. Uh, two regiments of Abyssal Horsemen, um, one with the Stang Stone and one with uh, Sir Jesse's Priest of Striding, um, three Tortured Soul Regiments, an Abyssal Champion with Wings and the Torque of Dissonance, a Seductress with the Gnome Glass Shield, and then top it off with two uh, Naked Warlocks. So basically the, um, the Horsemen are supported by one of the flying characters and uh, some Tortured Souls. The Molochs kind of form the center and you know kind of go behind the 
um, the other tortured souls or ghouls, not ghouls, I'm sorry, um, behind the other uh, tortured souls. And um, the flame bears are, are, are a shooting block. The flame bears are supported by one of the warlocks. The, the other warlock usually hangs out with the with the Molochs, and then I've got two flying characters that can go and cause havoc um, to, you know, whatever, wherever they need to be. Usually the, either the seductress or usually the seductress is going off and being a, a, a fix it while the uh, abyssal champion hangs out with the abyssal horseman. So yeah, it has a lot of, there's a lot of threats there just to provide, like, yeah, you can't really focus on one. And if you're focusing on one of the threats, that means you're getting shot by you're not focusing on my shooting block and there's 40 shots um, staring at you. Yep. Absolutely. Some good lists there. Yeah. Is there a weakness for it? Other shooting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And do you guys see in the list in general that, um, not, so not your specific list, but in the forces of the abyss, any specific uh, weaknesses for the army? I think I, I'm, I'm in the mid Atlantic and, you know, pretty much the entire east coast of the the U.S. You know, southeast going up to mid Atlantic and uh, northeast. There's a, it's a heavy shooting meta. So yes, you do have the you know the counter shooting, but it's just it's a lot of defense three and four, which can just be uh, very vulnerable to shooting. I think that that can be one of its weaknesses. Although there there are a lot of good value units, um, some of the the hammer units can be pretty expensive, you know. So Molochs are defense four. Abyssal Horsemen have that, you know, are have the the lower nerve. So that, that's you're, that's where you're kind of you're, you're sitting at. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's like we've been saying this entire time. There's a lot of different lists that you can go with, which I think are all viable and do it well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, heavy shooting lists are definitely challenging for. Abyssal players to deal with just because we don't have defense five and defense six. We do have the tools to deal with that. Uh, I found if you put in all the tools to deal with the shooting list, though, you might not have all the tools you need to deal with some of the other lists. So that can be kind of a challenge on balancing that to make sure you can deal with one and the other. Uh, the other thing I found, at least I struggle with, maybe other Abyssal players don't, uh, just major what we call it the trash meta so like uh you know the goblin player shows up with you know 15 hordes of whatever uh it's difficult trying to chew through all of that um in time to to actually you know win a game with uh, all that unit strength on the board yeah i mean the, from where i sit i think like one of the weaknesses would probably more arise from how you choose to build your list too right if you go too heavy in one direction then you open yourself up to you know to weaknesses if you move if you meet your hard counter but um yeah I, I think it's it's something that does most things pretty well what about what about points levels are there better points levels for the list do you reckon um, i think you at the lower points levels of the 1995s or 2000s you could bring a lot of flyers and that you know you know luke we talked about luke before luke's bringing mm. a forces of the abyss list with the eight hordes Tortured of souls. Tortured souls so mm. you could put out a lot of flying units and at 1985 there's not a lot of answers for that so they could they do well there um i think as you and they also do the kind of the you know the u.s standard of 2300 i think they do that well as well 
because you can get a lot of at that points level you can bring like all like if you want to do the the damage mitigation with uh you could do that pretty well because you could take two carniuses and a well of souls and still have you know still have points left over for molochs and stuff like that or you can like really really heavily into shooting and you could take like you know 15 drops when you're and in that is you still have molochs and tortured souls but you're also bringing 55 shots you know and then six you know 15 lightning bolts so there, you can I, I think it plays well at, at all points levels yeah totally agree on that it's a list i think is just so flexible in the amount of stuff you can do or types of lists you can take um i'm personally very excited uh for ambush i know that might sound a little strange but i'm sitting here going you know uh Regiment of Molochs is uh, 135, or you know, a troop of uh, a, you know succubus. Hmm. So uh, again, kind of curious to see how some of those lower point uh, ambush type games are going to go, and um, you know how viable that is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, I think a lot of lists get better the more points, right? But then it's about a, a, like the more points you do, but then you know, as you say, Steve, then some lists do the lower points probably better than others. Um, and but even then, it's about the type of build you bring, probably. Okay. Well, is there anything else either of you guys want to say about the list, or any shout outs you want to give uh, before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think I, I, we we've, we've we've multiple people have said it. I, I don't know why a lot of people aren't playing for City Abyss. Um, mm. I, I think it's a perfectly it's it's a fine build. It's a fine army that does a lot of good, a lot of things well, and a lot of you know can do a lot of different things. So I, I I hope more people will hear this and want to hop yeah. on board and you know serve the wicked ones. Yeah. All right. And any shout outs? Uh no. I, I'm should be uh, my next GTs uh, in March here at the pilgrimage in Philadelphia. So I'm going to use the intervening time over the holidays to put my chat put my. Um, reps in and i'm going to be playing for us to do this there um i'll do a quick shout out if that's all right to uh to two guys uh blake shroud and mike carter uh i don't think we thank those two enough they run so many of the tournaments in our area uh, and if they're not running it they're supporting it or doing the the math so want to make sure that i uh you know let them know it's much appreciated gentlemen thank you so much for uh really running almost everything in this part of the uh part of the state so uh, yeah, thanks, guys. No worries, and we'll wind it up there. And, and what is a reasonable amount of time? I thought we'd be going a lot longer than that with all those questions on units. So uh, I want to take a moment to thank you guys for giving up your time and what is your evening uh, to to join me. Uh, and hopefully that gives people a bit of insight in why they should or shouldn't be playing Forces of the Abyss. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.